What's up, guys? I'm glad you're here. My name is Drake, and you're listening to the Double Click Podcast by Holy Hill Media. All right, brother. Days time. Man, we, first of all, the last time I think I'd actually seen you in person was in a gym playing basketball in some weird church like years ago my little brother was playing basketball oh my, yeah, yeah that was a long yeah. time ago it's probably like literally eight years ago had to have been and then before that i don't think i had seen you since high school man i think so completely different lives we're both living right I now know. man so i just want to start from like back 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 in the beginning man like i knew you from as a baseball player right you were an upperclassman it was always like this is the guy to be this is the guy to act like dress like all that other <laughs> stuff man and i was like you know what i'm saying and then i started working out with you guys like i was yep. like one of it was like me and ziggy yep as freshmen working out with, yep. with with the seniors and stuff like that you guys were ruthless yeah we we're both like 40 pounds lighter back yeah. then too. 100 <laughs> man it's a problem but it is what it is we have excuses now kind of 10 years for me since high school, man. And it's yeah. been about 14 for you, 13 years. Yeah, 13. 2010 yep. was when you graduated. 2010 is also when you first got drafted. Yep. Let's talk about that experience really quick because, and I know we're kind of just getting right to it, but man, there was, there's such a, um, an energy, such a narrative built around defiance baseball, man. There's like big shoes to fill with any athlete coming into the scene, but you especially like were on a lot of a lot of people's radars back then. I mean, at a young age, people knew you were kind of separate. You're a little bit yeah. better than the rest of the kids. Um, definitely bigger than the rest of the kids. Throwing harder <laughs> than the rest of the kids. All that stuff. You hit me in little league, by the way. Oh God, you're not the only one. It's okay. I'll t- I'll take my apology later. I've got some pretty famous <laughs> uh, hit by pitches in my yeah? life. But- <laughs> Ruined a lot of MLB <laughs> careers that way. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to talk about that. All right, done. Honestly, the, I you came back and pitched. We are completely off, but that's perfect. That's okay. We, you, you came back and pitched my senior year before we went to state. Yeah, yeah. I snuck off a little blooper over second base. I remember that. Do you? Vividly. I remember that. I honestly figured... You would deny it, and I would have nobody to have nope. my back on this. Nope. You remember, remember it vividly. It. I remember it. What was I was pretty upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, very dejected with myself, but I was wow. also, like, really pissed off. I was like, oh, boy. Like, Well, because up up till I know, right? Up till then, like, we were actually pissing Coach Held off because nobody, nobody was hitting anything. Nobody's making contact. Yeah. Everybody was scared at the plate. I've already been hit by you. Now, yeah. it was, like, six <laughs> years before, eight years before, but I'm like, hey, let's do this yeah. thing. But in this, all that said, man, like the magnitude defines baseball. What, first of all, what did it mean to you? Where were you at? Give me the experience of like when you had the call that you were getting drafted out of high school. I actually was at my dad's house and it was a pretty special moment because you brought up like, you know, people kind of knew about me as a child, you know, growing up. He was like my biggest motivation to be good at baseball because he he was actually a pretty good baseball player himself. But he he went to Fairview and mm-hmm. you know obviously back then such a small school and and, and social media just wasn't a thing. So there just wasn't enough attention on him to actually you know necessarily right. go anywhere with it. Now uh, you know he did have my brother and me at a pretty <laughs> young age, so that might have caused some issues along the <laughs> way. But um, yeah. Uh, Man, I heard all these stories, and he even has, like, all the newspaper clippings. Well, you know, it's at my grandma's house, but just kind of, like, seeing him in that light, like, it always pushed me to want to, like, 
oh, I want to be better than him. Yeah. I want to be better than you him. You had a standard early on. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he would always tell me, you know, I, I threw harder than that. Or <laughs> I, you know, I threw, you know, four perfect games. Like, you've right. only thrown one. And so it was just like that constant reminder of like, oh, I, I have something more. I have I have to do better. I have to do more. Did that motivate you or did that, oh, like, yeah, did yeah. that like break you down or anything like that? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. It's I just, think you need both, yeah, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like... A little bit of like, you know, I'm gonna show you, yeah. Or, uh, but it was also just like kind of inspiring as a yeah. child, be like, yeah, he was so good at baseball, and I could be something to look, yeah, yeah. like it, it's in me, yeah, you know, 100%. So, but then, like, like I was saying, you know, when he says, like, oh, I've done that, or I've done that, it's just like, oh, I, I gotta show him, <laughs> I gotta like, get it's just one the up, fuel. Yes, it's the fire, yes. man. So, yeah. so when I got drafted, I was at my dad's house, like, it was a pretty special moment because. Um, he didn't get drafted, and so it was like that first <laughs> hurdle where I was like, "Oh, like gotcha. I got you there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you yeah, there." Yeah, yeah. But we had a pretty, pretty cool little moment there. You know, spent some time together. Actually, had our first drink there. No, didn't know policeman listening to this, <laughs> but I was eighteen at the time, so it is what it is. It was a cool moment, so it was really special. You were at home, man, so yeah. I think it's illegal. It's yeah. all good. But here's the deal, though. Like that, you were actually seventeen as a senior, weren't you? When you got a gra- draft, um, you were 18, though, right? Yep, yep. Okay. So as, listen, an 18-year-old, you're still a kid. I mean, yeah. you're an adult in, like, society's eyes, but you're still a kid. Like, that is, there's, dude, you got drafted at 18. Like, who, like, less than 1% of people can say that. Right. What did that do for you? I guess kind of alluding to the next few things that we'll talk about, but, like, what did that do for your confidence saying, like, listen, the big leagues want me to be a part of their organization. That that's something that's insane. Yeah, it's every base kid playing baseball is a dream growing up. Right. It was a. I would actually call it a battle because, um, oh wow, you know, you were talking about kind of the shoes and defiance yeah. baseball is like, you know, getting drafted is is to, to anybody else would be such a monumental moment but yeah. in defiance it's just like you got chad you got Another john yeah. like you got guys that have actually made it so now it was just like for me it was almost like oh okay yeah like what's the next thing yeah so it was almost like a like a robotic mindset yeah. of just like I, I took a moment like i took like a day i took like a week to kind of celebrate it but then i was just like all right what's next what's next well, because, I mean, these guys weren't that much older than you, though. You no. saw Chad. You saw yeah. John get drafted. J- Chad signed, like, $1.2 million in his, mm-hmm. like, his first contract. It's crazy, right? Like, yeah. And then, then, you know, right after that, then, you know, people like, you know, I guess the the Shea Murrays of the world. Mm-hmm. People like the Smitties. And we can go on and on up till like, recent times. But you're right. There's kind of, like, this standard or almost, like, expectation to get drafted, yeah. if you're, especially if you're a pitcher from Defiance, yep. right? So it's almost like... Not to take anything away from it, but it's almost like somebody's been there and somebody's done that. Yep. Now, is that did that motivate your decision to actually reject that contract and then go to Louisville? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I had pretty much everything in line to sign and start playing for Pittsburgh. And then at that time, I don't know if it was that year exactly, but there there's a certain amount of money that teams are allowed to spend on their draft picks. Okay. So signing bonus-wise, right. um, I had everything lined up in terms of, like, signing bonus and um, agreed verbally through everything, and they were basically like, I think it was a Monday, and they were like, hey, we're going to fly you out on Friday to Pittsburgh, sign the contract, get everything going. Wow. Friday came and went. 
and didn't hear a thing. Wow. Um, and, and, and long story short, um, what ended up happening was they kind of had some, their first round pick, second round pick, I think their fourth round pick that weren't quite signed yet. So I was kind of getting that hunch that like, oh, they're saving some of this money to like get these guys to sign and then whatever's left over might come to me. Gotcha. So I was like kind of feeling like, hmm, might get the, the run around here. Mm. And I went down to Louisville, did orientation there, and I just like re fell in love with it. And I was like, man, this is the place for me. Wow. I gotta come here. So, uh, wow. called up called up um, the uh, scout that you know, technically drafted me, and was basically like, hey, I appreciate it, like, but I'm gonna go to school. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So then the career embarks at Louisville. Yeah. First of all, do you say Louisville or do you say Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. Okay. You say it like you got a bunch of marbles in your mouth. I was going to say like, like in the back of your throat. There's no way this is like proper. Yeah, but like right. at, when I was when I was down in Louisville uh, doing the bourbon trail, yep. which is super Smart. fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, you have to. It's a responsible yeah. adult thing to do. I was corrected like four times and yep. I didn't mean to like obviously like try yeah. to, but they were like, no, it's Louisville. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so just the, and pretty much the vowels don't exist. Mm -hmm. Louisville. Yep. Wow. So it really doesn't like marbles. Right yeah. No. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. So, so, okay. Now that's a complete, you just opened up a chapter of your life that you don't know if it's going to be one year or four years. Yep. Obviously it's an exciting thing. You fall in love with the, the campus. You fall in love with just the idea of going back to school and playing for a school, especially in a steam school like Louisville. That's a huge baseball program. What was the experience like transitioning from a Defiance High School baseball to a Louisville program where because Defiance High School is like it's intense. I don't think people realize yeah. how demanding it is, but it's not Louisville. Yeah. So I got a funny story for you. Yeah. Uh, so I get down there, start classes, you know, pass the conditioning test, like get everything going. And uh, in college, you can have false scrimmages. They're only inner squads, but you okay. can have scrimmages. And, you know, I'm the highest drafted guy out there, like the highest prospect, yeah. so on and so forth. My first outing, I give up 10 runs what? without recording an out. <laughs> oh, God. Not getting through they the inning. I didn't, it off. I, didn't even get, I didn't even get a guy out. Oh, my God. And so... Um, Eventually, the pitching coach, you know, rolls the inning. He basically says, "All right, guys, inning's over." <laughs> like, run cap little league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm in the weight room the next morning, and the the strength coach, six five, like three hundred thirty pound guy, goes, Dang. "Hey, Con, your neck hurt from watching all those balls go flying <laughs> oh, by you." I was like, "Dude, I was." And you're the new guy. So, yeah, yeah, and I was literally in there just like this is a different world. Yeah. Like, can you even imagine if I would sign? Like, I've <laughs> gone and played professional hitters. Yeah, yeah. Like, these guys are college guys. Like, yeah. they're just teeing off on what me. What was the biggest difference, though? I mean, obviously, that's a loaded question. But, like, when you're coming into a, a – yeah. first of all, it's a – listen, we're – Defiance High School Baseball is Division Two. Yep. However, Ohio baseball is – it's elite like yeah, it's high school good. it's it's you know for 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 high school ball yeah. right now you got it you go south or you go west and yep. you've got some clubs that are just like you got the saint jesuits and on and on and mm -hmm. on but it's a pretty competitive area for baseball especially northwest ohio so when you transition to you know college ball d1 louisville like what's the biggest difference is it just the caliber of athleticism and training or what what is it there's um the way that i like to to say things to people is that like Every level you go up, people, hitters, I should say, get accustomed to things. Okay. Speed. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I was going to say. You know, 
in high school, like if you're throwing 90 miles an hour, like yeah. people don't see that. Yeah, not even and then all of a sudden you're a hitter and you're just like, oh my God, like this thing is <laughs> literally like, how do I even tell what pitch is coming? Yeah. Well, once you get to college, like everybody's seen 90, yeah. everybody's seen a curveball, a good curveball, everybody's seen yeah. a slider, everybody's seen a changeup. So if you can't locate that pitch, they know it's coming. I can hit anything that's thrown down the middle. And so that's right. essentially like, you know, in high school, we were so focused on velocity development that we had, I had no regard for where the ball was going. Right. So I was just like, I'm just going to throw it down the hard middle as, as hard as I could yeah. every single time. And so, um, like I was saying, those college hitters, they just see that and they're like, oh, okay, this is batting practice for me and just teed off. On yeah, yeah. So the biggest <laughs> thing for me, especially like freshman and sophomore year, was learning how to move in and out. And wow. then, uh, and then obviously like up and down on pitches. So what does that look like? Is it just a ton of like bullpen work? Like what does that actually look like though? And like, are you working with a ton of pitching coaches? Oh, Did yeah. you have to put in, cause you, you also put on a ton of muscle though within yep. like two years. Yep. Like what was that like too? Was that part of the process? Yeah. Obviously in high school, I mean, you know what it, the yeah. workouts were like, it was a ton of like body weight stuff, yeah. light. And I go to college and then it was like a football program. Like we're deadlifting, like we're bench pressing, (laughs) like we're getting as big as possible, like as strong as possible. And, um, yeah, it was a, it was a ton of, and actually like the one thing that I can attribute to is, is more of a mental thing. Okay. You know, when you release a pitch, it's just like, one degree re- difference on yeah. a release point is like 12 inches at the plate. That's and insane. so you have to like just feel your body. It's like a mind-body connection where you're just like, you have to feel that repeatability. It's just about consistency. Mm. And that's going to come up as we kind of keep talking <laughs> yeah. because, you know, even in the minor leagues, like the physical difference between a guy in like low A versus in the bigs is like less than 1%. The really? biggest difference between a big league pitcher or hitter and a minor league pitcher or hitter is just consistency. Wow. Can you do it every single day, pitch after pitch, like inning after inning? Like no matter where just, you're at. You just you have to be a robot about it. You're just wow. like, can you feel it? Can you do it every single day in, out? Wow. See, this is the kind of stuff that like you don't really know until you get somebody that's been there yeah. and done that. And the intricacies, it's, it's so funny that you say – one degree you know mm-hmm. just one inch at release is 12 inches once it gets to the plate yeah. like that that goes to show that you were at a place where you were molding you were cultivating yourself as a pitcher as an athlete now at that point in time when you're kind of going through the motions and like they tee off on you 10 runs first out yeah. and like obviously false scrimmage but like were you like Am I as good as I oh, thought I was? Like, absolutely. What was through your head? <laughs> I was terrified. I was like, is this for me? <laughs> yeah. And so you I actually, tired. yeah, I was like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe I'm just one of those guys that's just going to flame out and be at the bar back in defiance talking about those injuries and, you know, <laughs> what could have been. I um, literally five different names popped up in my mind. Yeah, anyway, yeah. keep going. But yeah, I remember. It was actually a, ju- a junior at the time. Tony Zick came up and talked to me. He was just like, hey, you know, at this level, he said exactly what I just told you. Like, guys have seen the velocity. Yeah. You need to take the time and start focusing more mentally on the glove, and you need to hit the glove. So don't worry so much about how hard you're throwing it. Like, 88, 90, like, you can get away with that here, but you got to be able to move it in and out. And just for right now, like, focus on that. Mm. And then maybe next year or this summer, then you can start working on going up and down. And just, like, 
Wow. That should be your only focus for this year. Uh, and he was an All-American, so I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, like, yes, sir. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, what whatever you say, you say you know? it's from the Bible. <laughs> yep. So that's what I did, and I just, like, started focusing more on, like, the mental side of it, visualizing everything, and it just, like, it started to click. That's Okay, so this is – and we're going to stay here for a little bit because I'm interested in this. So when you say he comes up and he simplifies – all of your because you've got things running through your head yeah am i am i gonna be you know a burnout what am i am i gonna be back at the par talking about yeah. injuries like am i is, am i meant for this should i just stuck with football you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> like all these things like when he simplified your problem and just said work on this and you'll be all right did that give you like a rejuvenated sense of like confidence yeah because it made me feel like you know this guy's an all-american he's been where i was at right because he, you know, if you look at his stats, like, everybody kind of struggles as a freshman in college. Yeah, like, you rarely yeah. see, like, freshman All-Americans that are just, like, destroying it. Right. Like, everybody kind of struggles, like, like I was saying. I mean, same thing when you go to college and you get drafted. Like, it's just, there's another level to the game. And you yes. just got to, like, that gap just gets yeah. smaller and smaller and smaller. You need to start figuring out the little things that's going to take to, like, get you over the top. Wow. And so you just got to experiment with stuff. And that was kind of the one thing that I took from that was just that, you know, focus on one thing at a time. Because, mm -hmm. like, what you were just saying is just, like, my mind was spiraling. I was like, is it this? Is it that? You know, a hundred different things. Right. And he's just like, just focus on moving in and out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. All, you know, it can take whatever pitch it is, but just, yeah. like, in and out. Yeah. Like, focus on the glove. Hit the glove. And if you can do that, then it doesn't matter where the glove is at. You're going to hit it every time. Now, was that something that you struggled with initially? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Walked so many people. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like I was saying, I'd never focused on it before. Right. I had no, no regard for where the ball was going at, in high school. Just, just guess. Throw as hard as you can. Yeah. Like, they're probably going to swing at it if it's a ball anyways because yeah. they have no idea how to track <laughs> the ball. So Exactly. You know, the, the, the one thing that I think that, like, really sticks out to me about the change between – high school and college because i have no clue i went to dc for <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on anyway so the biggest difference that i've noticed talking to you talking to ziggy talking to shay a while back yep. like it's athleticism can get you really far in high school but skill like knowing the game yep. is what is the biggest difference at mm -hmm. the next level and then obviously again when you go into the, you know go into the league so what what was it like realizing you couldn't just rely on your athleticism at that point in time? Because, I mean, if people don't know, like, dominated in basketball as well. You stopped playing football to risk the injury thing, yep. but at the same time, it was a very successful basketball career as well. I'd imagine if you played football, you probably, I know you would have got offers in football too. You were yeah. a tight end originally. Yeah, I had I had a couple of offers Did that you came too? through senior year, even though really? I didn't even play. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Are you serious? A couple of small, like, Division two schools wanted me to play football. You got, off you got offered and you didn't even play. You didn't yeah. play your junior or so senior year. I didn't year. play junior or senior year. Sometimes all it takes is have this magnificent body. <laughs> <laughs> it's just these washboard yeah. shredded abs. 6'4", six, 6'4", four, six, four, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was 5'9", 150. That doesn't help. It doesn't help, man. But... You know, the, I, I think the, the crazy thing for me, for me to look at is just, again, seeing the difference in what matters at different levels. Mm -hmm. Now, I think this same conversation is actually going to transcend when we start talking about con contracting because you have had a crazy blow up in the past two, two and a half years. Yeah. 
and you're on a completely different level than you were last year. Like yeah. it's not even close. Yeah. So when we talk about these incremental stages of growth and like these different perspectives of what it takes to be successful at each level, you know, what, I guess let's, let's just go back to that college journey because season, you know, first season, again, lots of walks, you're trying to find yourself as an athlete, college athlete, which is completely different. But what happens as time goes on, because you don't get drafted till 2013, which means that you had two full seasons correct yep okay what was it like those next two years then obviously you're learning to step left and right and then up and down positioning and accuracy yeah. but what was it like it was just so if we could backtrack just to like yeah, my, my freshman year of college like i did okay. okay like i threw i think 25 innings but i was always kind of like like i was saying before you know i came in as like the highest drafted guy yeah. or top prospect well, I went in after the season uh, to our head coach, and he was basically like, hey, we're going to send you to the Cape Cod Summer League, uh, which is, like, one of the most prestigious summer leagues yeah. that you can play in. That's like, huge. you're going to be playing against, like, guys that are literally going to be first-round picks in the next year. And it doesn't happen for freshmen. Like, it's usually sophomores going into their junior year wow. because then you're going to be draft eligible. So tons of scouts are going to see you. Right. So um, I think I was one of, like, I think I was the only freshman that went out there. Uh, if any of the guys are listening to this, I apologize if I forgot <laughs> about you. Jeez. There was two other of us. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was the only freshman that went out there, though. And just, like, playing against that level of competition yeah. was another hurdle for me. So wow. it was like, you know, I was I – did, I did terrible. Yeah. Well – let me backtrack really quick. My first <laughs> outing, I actually had a no-hitter going through five innings, and so that was pretty cool. In the but Cape the, Cod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the rest of the summer was horrible. Okay. I just got lit. Okay. So <laughs> that part was um, – it was a learning experience because, um, like I was saying, it's just another level. Every hitter was so patient, mm. and they were hunting one pitch, mm. one mistake. And then I was just like – it took all summer for me to finally realize, like, oh, like – I can get away with this. And then all of a sudden they tricked me and they're like, I'm going to throw that same pitch again. But they were hunting it. Mm. And then they're just like, mm, I was looking for that one again. That. Exactly. That's crazy. It's a mental game. It That's wasn't even. Crazy. So it transcended like the physical, the physical game. And it was like, can you play mind games with people now? That's crazy. So the, because everybody could start to uh, execute physically. Everybody right. could. They're on the same know, level. Put the barrel on the ball. Right. Everybody could hit the glove. But it's like, okay, I got to throw it in the strike zone. I'm literally offering the ball to the hitter. Right. So it's like, can the hitter essentially trick me into repeating that same thing? They've already seen it. So then they're like, oh, okay, I got that thing timed up. Can I, you know, be a little late on this pitch and have him throw it again so I got it timed wow. up? Wow. It's crazy, crazy how... Like, it's poker. It's a chess game. Yes. And High school baseball is checkers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same thing. Like, once you start getting into um, – I can't even watch baseball anymore. Yeah. Like, with, with with people. Sure. Because I sit there, and I'm less like – Analyzing the whole time. I'm like, watch. He's going to throw the slider again. It's going to get lit. Throws the slider, double off the yeah. wall, and I'm just like – yeah. tricked him, man. Yeah. He was tricking him the whole time. Like, he was ready for that slider. Like, That's crazy. That then is becomes, crazy. It doesn't even become a physical thing anymore. It's all mental. That is insane. So okay, so the 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 Cape Cod League, you're you're <laughs> you're getting lit up. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? These yeah. guys, and, and for people who don't know, these guys are more than likely getting drafted the next, and, and usually within one or two rounds. Yeah. Coming from this league. Like, this is prestigious, as you said earlier, which is an honor, and it's a great exposure for you. Yes. It's great reps. But, like, what does that mean going into season two? It was just a confidence thing. Okay. I was like, okay. I, w- I went into my sophomore season literally like, I just faced the best hitters on the planet, at least in my age range. Like, I can take care of these guys. Yeah. So then my sophomore year, I had a lot better season and uh, ended up going back to the Cape Cod League as a sophomore. And I was just like, okay, like, I got this now. Like, it was just the exposure, like, hey, you can do this sink or swim. Yes. Whether you sink or swim, still you're learning. Like, just keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. And, like, fail, adjust succeed fail adjust succeed wow that that right there hold on i want to move too fast past that fail adjust succeed you have to fail in order to learn how to adjust and then succeed yeah now i think that this is probably why it makes perfect sense that you're an entrepreneur now because it takes the same elements to succeed exactly and so it's transferable right Mm -hmm. now when you but you here's the deal too though you were a successful high school athlete. The school wasn't a problem. Like, right. It was pretty much butter yeah. for four years, okay? And before that as well. Um, but but you get to an, a level where you have to learn to fail and actually be okay with it. You have to change yeah. your relationship with failure. Now, there was probably a lot of micro moments that led to a, a bigger conclusion for you. Like, okay, I do deserve to be here or I, I have what it takes to adjust or yeah. let's simplify the problem. Um, to, you know, just finding accuracy left to right. The, the little adjustments end up changing your response to failure to then say, I failed. Why did I fail? I'm coming back. Yep. Right? Now, was that a difficult thing for you? Did you see athletes that couldn't do that? All the time. Okay. Okay. You, I mean, you as a anybody listening to this, if you watch, you know, a high school kid and then all of a sudden they get to college, like, you can see either the switch, it flips, or it stays off. Wow. Because everybody experiences failure at some point in their life. Absolutely. And you either respond in a positive way yeah. or you shut down. Why do you, why do you feel like you turn that switch on? I had, I mean, I want to say I had no other choice. Mm. I felt like, you know, I had the entire town behind me i'd never experienced failure in high school right so i got to college you know everybody's like oh you're the next biggest thing so i kind of felt like look you can't give up now yeah like you've made it this far you can't quit Mm. wow so you felt like (laughs) in college that was the thing i was like i was terrified to be that guy that just like was the next big thing and then just like hit his first speed bump and then just like shut down you know one thing you said before we before we started is just the the, the concept of not quitting right like mm-hmm. you <laughs> what do you attribute your success to not giving not, up yep. not giving up Can't which fail to, if you don't quit exactly which uh, here's the deal that sounds so simple but that is so profound especially um in in something that is demanding as as, as a college or professional uh, athletic or business like it's it's not for the faint of heart, yeah. right? Because of the volume and the depth of failures that come. You were 18, 19, and 20 years old with the city on your back, 
with one of the most prestigious D1 baseball schools in the world looking at you like you're the stud, you're the man, you're the prize horse, you're the ace. Yeah. And you <laughs> were staring down the pipe looking like, but I might be a bag of shit, though, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, they might see me at any time now, any day yeah, now. Yeah, imposter syndrome was, it was there. Imposter syndrome. Okay, let's go there for a split second. You had to find a way to hold on to something. You had to find a way to edge against this fear just a little bit, just enough to keep your head above the surface to, to not quit. Yeah. What was it? Who was it? Was there anything you held on to? A mm. best friend? No, it was my dad. Yeah, yeah. I came back wow. to it, and I was like, I can't wow. let him win. Wow. I can't let him win. Wow. I was like, he's gonna be the he's gonna be that guy. You know, he's gonna be seventy eight years old saying, you know, I was always one better than you. Yeah. And I can't let that go. I gotta <laughs> beat him. Yeah. That's and crazy. It, it's funny because like, you know, I remember struggling with walks, mm. and what I did was actually like. Right next to our dorm was a stairway. Hmm. And so the hallways were kind of offset a little bit. And what I did was I took some tape and I drew like a strike zone and a plate on the floor. And I would go hallway. out and I would go out in the hallway and I would throw these little like squishy balls at just like points of the strike zone at night wow. at like 10, 11 o'clock. Just like <laughs> I would do it for hours. So I was like so obsessed with like, okay, in, out, wow. up, down, like, don't worry about like, can I just hit the top of the strike zone? Yeah. I wasn't even worried about like up and in, up and away, so on and so forth. I was just like, if I just want to throw it up in the zone, can I get it up in the zone? Wow. You simplify the problem. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> 10, 11, outside of practice, after your four and a half hour practices, after oh, lifting our days the were before, crazy. after obviously going to school, you lift once, possibly twice, depending what season you're in. Yep. Then you have four and a half hour practices. Sometimes yep. they're broken up. I, but like, you're still going out and getting the extra reps. That's yeah. obsession. Yeah. Your teammates are like, you're an idiot. You're crazy. Yeah, or... they, they kind of thought I was a little, little out there. <laughs> well, here's the deal, though. The people with that sort of obsession, always the ones you remember though. Yeah, yeah. And on the other side too, the it's crazy that the, the I've, I've realized this and I, I, it came full circle and I'd always had uh, a suspicion of this, but when I watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan mm -hmm. uh, docuseries, he found every reason he needed to motivate himself. Yep, even you, if it was made up. Even if it was delusion, Yep. you found your thing yep. and you just kept edging against the fear, edging mm -hmm. against the fear. I feel like we live in a society I told I told my team I'm gonna start t speaking my the the things that I tell them on the podcast. So I'm just gonna say, hey, let's go, let's go there, man. Honestly, rip, rip the veil because yeah. I think people need to hear this. We live in a society now when we're approached with fear or the concept of failure or the scent of failure, we fold and we crumble because it's easier and more comfortable to do damage control mm -hmm. than beast out mm -hmm. the next layer of 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 of, of work, yeah, uh, of of persistency, yeah. You know what I'm saying, and so. When it comes down to the conversations like this, I really wish we were having these with the youth more often. I agree. I wish this was talked about in the gyms. I wish this was talked about in school because, quite frankly, what it comes down to right now is like, I mean, I hear Dana White say this all the time. All these young men and young women in the world, you're living in a world of, I'm not going to use the word he used, but I know softies. exactly which one you're talking, you know about. I'm talking about. I know exactly which speech you're talking about. If you're just a little bit of a beast, you're going to win because yep. ev nobody can persist. Nobody can get up after they're knocked down. Their egos are too soft. Yep. 
They can't, they, the, the, their emotional propensity to success is completely hinged on what feels good. Therefore, you can never amount to anything because success doesn't feel good. You are speaking to my soul Come right on, now. Then. I am ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> this is my, so the other day. I'll have Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. I, sh- I knew <laughs> I shouldn't have that coffee. I knew I shouldn't have, because I would have been bouncing <laughs> off the walls right now. But so I was talking to somebody the other day. It was raining. What was it? Yesterday? Two yesterday. days ago. Two yesterday days or ago. two days yep. ago. I was texting this person. I go, man, what a beautiful opportunity to separate ourselves today. Ooh. I was like, it's raining, it's a little chilly, it's foggy, everybody's going to shut down today, not us. Wow. Wow. Hold on. Don't move on too fast. What a beautiful... First of all, you're a psychopath. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful opportunity to separate ourselves. People see that and they're like, oh, thank God, a rain day. Mm -hmm. I'm going inside, I'm resting. Yep. It's the person that sees rest or the easy way out is an opportunity to separate themselves yep first of all that your psyche is just different the other people aren't even thinking that's an option but you're looking for it the body just it wants to relax yeah now okay go there what does it take for somebody to reposition their relationship with that comfortable part that that Uh, me personally yeah it's because i'm afraid Mm. The fear of failure? Everything. Wow. I got two kids. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. Wow. We talked about this before we started. Yeah. The next paycheck. Wow. What if somebody doesn't pay? Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. I have no choice. Wow. I I fake it. I'm I'm MJ. I'm making stuff up in my head. What if the paychecks stop coming in? I got to keep going. I got to find it. I got to, I got to do something. I got to go. I got to stay up late. I got to send those invoices out. I got to send reminders. I got to send new proposals out. Yeah. Like I got to answer the phone. Yeah. How many people have, you know, I think you talked about this with somebody, but just like, I get so many people that call me and I answer and they go, Whoa, I wasn't expecting you to answer. Actually answer your own phone. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, I called three people already and they don't answer. I was like, (laughs) Oh, well, I'm ha- more than happy to take your phone call. Like, you know, if we can make this into a business transaction, it'd be exactly, even better. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, more than happy to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, right there, though, what you just said, you don't have another choice. Now, but here's the deal. People would argue and say you do. Oh, I know. They do. They're they tell say- me all the time. <laughs> the softies, gonna- I yeah. cut them out. They're gone. Okay. So with that too, though, you understand what it takes to get there. It's the micro wins every day. It's separating yourself moment, word, person, interaction by interaction. It's the small victories that lead up to massive victories. But you just said something that in it to me, it told me two different things. I cut the softies out. Okay. This is starting to sound like baseball, bro. (laughs) Saturday morning workouts. Yep, I know. (laughs) So when you're saying this, man, I hear two things. One. I don't want that around me because it's contagious, first of all. And the other thing I hear from you is this. You're intentional with who you're surrounding yourself with because what I hear you saying is you're probably bringing the other people into the circle. Yep. Always. I got a small circle, and I drag them with me whether they like it or not. (laughs) That's the kind of people. Because I I see that in them. I find people that I see it in. I see the seed, and then I, I take it on myself to water that and yeah. cultivate it and grow it because I, 
they're another person that can lead the next generation. Brother, man, this is what, this is, honestly, hear me out when I say this. This is probably one of the things that I feel the deepest convictions and motivations to do is to help people find the greatness in yep. them when they're surrounded by people telling them to play it safe. Same. Literally the same. We might have to start a podcast, my guy. Hey, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> With all that time we don't have, let's I do know. it. <laughs> 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. It's the little things, right? Listen, when, when we talk about separation, when we talk about removing the softies, when we talk about the small victories, when we talk about answering the phone, it is what separates you from the next guy. Now, this can go one of two ways, and I'm going to let you pick whichever way you want it to go. We can either talk about how that relates to transition from the second year in college to getting drafted by Cleveland in, in 13, or you can take it the route of what you're doing in business now, right now. We can get to that later. We can get to that now. Which one? I kind of uh, want to hear about the transition to Cleveland. We can go to the baseball Let's do that. Let's because do that. I, I, I vividly remember, you know, after my, that sophomore year, I was like, I, I remember um, getting back on campus, and we had a, a house at the time. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I was thinking to myself, like, it's time to go. Wow. It's time to take it to the next level. Like, this is my junior year. Like, this is why I came to school. Mm. Not to go to school. Yeah. I want to get out of here. I came to play. I didn't come to play school. And so I actually went into my fall meeting with, with my pitching coach and I was like, whatever you need from me this year, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. I said, because he actually asked me, my freshman year I was a starter, my sophomore year I was a lever. Mm. And he asked me, you know, what do you, what do you see yourself as this year? I was like, whatever it takes to win. Mm. Whatever you mm. want me to do is what I'll do. And mm. that's actually how my junior year went. Um, I was mostly a reliever. And then um, actually Anthony was our Sunday starter. He okay. got hurt, had to have uh, shoulder surgery. And then I, I became a starter. And I had a, a great couple of starts. Um, we ended up going to the regionals, super regionals, college world series. And I was just like that plug and play guy. And that's what I wanted to be known as. I wanted to be known as the winner, like yeah. whatever you need, like I'm the one you need to call. Yeah. And they had the confidence in you yeah. to do that. And that's, that's what you were cultivating. Now here's the deal. When you cultivate that perspective, I can see you like it, it turns on the animal in you. Yeah, talk you can feel it. it. I can <laughs> feel it. bro. I'm like, get all fired up. <laughs> Water. <laughs> so, but that, that right there though, that is something that you've had to develop. That wasn't there when you first got there. What it sounded like is yeah. you got knocked down and you're like, oh crap, kind of like a whimpered dog. And you had to figure out, am mm -hmm. I going to get up? And here's the deal. This is the beauty. This is the beauty of people with confidence in the face of failure. Now they've been knocked down so many times. Mm -hmm. It's not that they avoided failure. It's that they welcomed it. Yep. At this point in time, you're transitioning in your career to saying, I want to be that dog, that yeah. guy that you call on the guy that comes in and gets the job done. Failure is just an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Like Oof. it's not, it's not anything more that. than that. Yeah. Like if you've ever, you know, walked outside and it's like negative something degrees outside. It's just a temporary thing. You're going to go back inside. So is failure. Wow. Like you're going to feel it and then it's gone. Like you can't dwell on it. You can't spend time on it because if you do, that's when you lose. The reality of failure is self-imposed. Yeah. hundred percent. What it does to you is completely in your control. It's no different than a kid being afraid of the dark. You, There's nothing wow. there. It's a delusion. There's nothing in it. You, you just said fear is just an uncomfortable feeling. That is all it is. And the crazy thing is, is like the, what you were talking about before we started recording is like failure is also the opportunity though to get to where you want to be. Yep. As that comes to junior season and you say, I just want to be that guy. What does that do to your performance? 
Because oh, it, it seems like you're playing more loose, right? Yeah, it took me to another level. Wow. Because I, I didn't care anymore. I didn't even care about the results. Wow. I just wanted to hear on that walkie-talkie, get Kime ready. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, all yeah. right, let's go. Another <laughs> chance to compete. Because yes. I just wanted to be out there playing. Yeah. I hate watching baseball. Yeah. I hate I watching baseball. It is so nuts. boring. But when I'm out there and I'm playing, I, and you know this, like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like, I could be playing checkers or chess well. with you right <laughs> now, and I'm like, yeah. I want to win. Like, yeah. I don't care. But as long as I'm playing, like, that's all I care about. Yeah. I don't think you probably don't remember this, but you know how we had bubblegum in the back of mm-hmm. the dugouts? Okay. Well, there was, it was in there during a summer workout, and we were playing this thing. We had different donuts set out in the turf, and it was after a workout. And I think I was I was going with you and AK to, uh, I don't know if we're going to beat up what we were going to afterwards, but we were throwing bubblegum to see who can get in, yeah. in, in the donuts. I won the first two games. And then you stop talking, and then I didn't win again. Yeah, that's that. usually a you, one, one, that's the pretty common occurrence. Fun. Like once people hear, they're like, "Oh, he stopped talking." They're like, "Oh, okay, he's, he's, it's on now." And we were just throwing bubble gum in the donuts. The funny thing about it was like we were just joking around, just kind of playing around for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like you stopped responding, and the, yeah. but you kept picking up the bubble gum, and I was like, "Okay," it, I just realized that that's. That's who you are. One of my one of my favorite memories with you is that we would always just me and you would just compare our forearms after <laughs> yeah. doing the wrist roller thing. <laughs> I was like, wondering if you're going like, to say that. Bro, Do you see this? Like, yeah. you feel how hard our forearms yeah. are. Yeah, hundred percent. Such gym bros at 100%, that time, bro. Just big forearms <laughs> and ripped abs. Nothing else was big. I know now. nothing. <laughs> We're just knocking out like sixty push-ups at a time. Though. Or, dude, when you got so mad because my dad introduced a tire and a sledgehammer to Coach Held. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and dude, but then I loved it. Oh my god, I love it to this day. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. But I chop wood now on purpose for my dad. Do you really? On purpose. That's a workout. Yeah, I love it though. Jeez, which is just just a regular axe. Well, like you know, it's like a maul. It's like a heavier axe. Well, sure, but you're swinging it. Yeah. He's got like the wood splitter and everything like that. I'm like, no, I gotta get a workout in today. Like, let's let me go. swing that thing. I tell you what, man, that tire, that tire, the flip, the big tractor mm-hmm. one, that helped my explosiveness so much. Yeah. Like, it was insane. Now, not to talk about the working out things. We were so ahead of the game back then. Well, I mean, do you remember? And didn't even know it. it. Had no clue. Had no clue. And people were coming from like D1 schools. Wapakoneta. Yeah, yeah. Just to watch us yeah. play, to practice. They would come out with their cameras and like yes. just videotape us. <laughs> Wasn't creepy at all. Back then. We were, we were, I was 15, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the crazy thing is, one time they were recording. We are completely divergent and I love it. We were recording a, a workout, but this was a winter workout and I was a freshman coming in. Mm hmm. Uh, no, 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 sorry. No, 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 no. I was a sophomore, junior year. And Coach Held, actually, he invited me, Acock, to a few other people to be, uh, Shay Murray, some, yeah. I don't remember who else. Either way, the guys you'd expect. And then they were like, we're going to record this workout. Well, I got down there, and I had a tattoo, my first tattoo. And I didn't think I needed to ask Coach Held for, 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 for permission. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I needed to tell him anything. Like, whatever, it's my body. You can't see it. Yeah. No. He saw me with my shirt off, and I was like, I'll put my shirt on. He's like, knock it out. He didn't even let me record the video. Dang. I wonder if he remembers. I hope he listens to it. Coach Weaver's coming on in a couple of weeks, too. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's how intense, though, that it was. It, yeah. wasn't, just, it wasn't just the workouts. It wasn't just, like, the facility, because the facility wasn't crazy. Mm-mm. It was just the regimen. It was the culture. It was the, I, the, the, the perspective, the... 
what was it? Like, what actually it was, just, was it? It was literally built to break you. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. it broke well a lot of people. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. It wasn't like, and, and if you look back on it now, like, there was nothing, like, when I think of, like, built to break you, I think of, like, a Navy SEAL workout where it's just, like, if you fail, like, they're going to kick you out. Right. Like, like we could have stopped at any point. Yeah. We could have taken a break. Yeah. But we voluntarily, like, yeah, kept why? pushing forward. It was just the expectation, though. But that's, well, yeah. I think it was because there was, like, an aura of, like, elitism there. Ah, like, there was, like, five of us. That's what it is. Because it was literally me at the beginning. It was me, yep. Eric Stapleton, yep. Justin Hancock, and I think that might have been it the yeah. first day. Man, I don't, I can't remember. Was, Coach Held, you're going to have to like help <laughs> us out here. But there was like three of us. And then it just yeah. like slowly grew and grew. And it was almost like a selective, like, yeah, you can come in, but you got to make it through like a exactly. couple. Yeah. And chances are you're probably not going to come back. Because there were, there was like, um, like Brian Garman at the time, he was at University of Cincinnati and like TJ Willison came in. He was in, what was he? I don't know if he was in college or pro ball, but like, there were so many like minor leaguers that came yeah. in too. Yeah. And it was just like they were like, oh, just dead. Yeah. They, they, and then, you know, me being like a <laughs> 16 year old kid, I was just like, oh my God, I'm killing these yeah, like exactly. adults. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to keep going. Gonna... Dude, the, the drive is unreal with you, yeah. man. I remember when you were a senior and I was coming in as a freshman. And I, it was actually my experience, the first experience wasn't baseball. And I'd always, you know, watched you playing when I was younger and all that and played against you in Little League yeah. and all that. But. My first interactive experience with you, uh, besides uh, many bulldogs, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I hated you. <laughs> I hated you. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we'll move on. Anyway, yeah, you would be the one. Actually, many bulldogs, we'd set up and just do uh, el- uh, just just elbow jumpers. Yeah, you come up, whoop, boom, stuffing everything that I shot out of nowhere. Yeah. I, and I'm like. 10 yeah. <laughs> you're like 14 yeah. or 15 years old I'm like who is this guy anyway I must have been having a bad day yeah, it's all right it is what it is <laughs> but the first interaction I really had with you like directly like as part of the same program was basketball I came in and I remember I I don't even think you asked me I think you told me that I was coming to work out at seven or at like six or seven I think it was 7 a.m in the gym basketball it was the i think it might have been like towards the beginning of basketball season mm-hmm. you said you're just coming and it was just me you i think it was chris and i don't think actually there was I, who else was there do you remember what i'm talking about was it steve steve it was steve it was steve and so we started there and we did it twice right yeah. and then all of a sudden whatever and we stopped right well the next summer comes yeah and you wanted to go to you it doesn't matter if we couldn't get into a gym we were going to play at the elementary school outside on the on the blacktop yep and we remember that we did like twice a week or something Mm -hmm. like that dude like the crazy part about like that experience for me wasn't just the reps it was the confidence i got getting my butt whooped yeah i was tiny i mean it was you yeah, you were scrappy boy <laughs> you were so small i was scrappy though boy yeah that's all i was at the ankles yeah uh you know it, i mean you chris stapleton who's six nine six eric er, eric sorry redact that uh, so, sorry it's all right. He's a beautiful singer. I do, I do love Chris Stapleton, I though. I love Chris, <laughs> and we need to talk about Oliver Anthony. Anyway, so Eric is in there. He's 6'10". 
He's six eight, I think, and then six, Steve eight. was six six, and I'm six four. So it's just like Bro's five living, living among the trees. <laughs> I was I like, know. "What is this, man?" But it was the confidence that just getting getting speaking to failure. Yeah, it was actually I got used to to just never actually winning. Yeah, <laughs> so it felt different. But when you're at such a disadvantage, you almost like uh, necessity breeds ingenuity. So Ooh. like you have yep. to. F- figure out a way to succeed even though you're at like such a physical disadvantage yes that's exactly what it was and so now all of a sudden i towards the end now i can start oh now i know i know how to avoid the same problems and then it's like how do i be productive yep and so then come time for us to start you know and i think that was eighth grade when freshman year and then we started working out and I was hustling because I was working out with you guys the summer leading up. Yeah. And then winter comes around and people didn't like that. You know, I'm running to the front of the line. They're like, no, nah, these are the seasons and seniors. Yeah. I'm like, Preston Pixler, you lazy, bro. Yeah. You run if you want to be at the yeah. front of the line, right? And it was different because, like, you know, you didn't care, but he did. And mm-hmm. then Cameron Shankle did. I'm going to call them all out. You know what I'm hey. saying? Josh Scott didn't like it. Yep. But that's what kind of happened now these are all those guys i explained i I respect those athletes they were they were the ones i was looking up to so then i got a chip on my shoulder right but that was the drive that was the introduction to what i was experiencing from you which it sounds like it never left you and it's kind of crazy though because of the intentionality going out of your way who wants to show up and work with me in the hallway putting the same thing i did with your brother jared too i I remember i still remember to this day like walking into that study table and just like i'm gonna be at the weight room tomorrow morning like 5 a.m he show up. up yeah and he was there and so was uh javin newton javin the only two that ever came wow wow that's crazy man and i appreciate you pulling that out in me because going into school like defiance with athletics like it's intimidating like mm-hmm. you're like you know i didn't have a big brother that went to school and played anywhere i didn't i didn't have any taste of it quite yet and so like going in with all these expectations in athletics you're like dude i don't want to i don't want to screw this up yeah but i knew not to 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 be able to get to the next level i had to work with the next level guys and you kind of just created that door opened it i had the same opportunity tyler burgoon burgoon yeah he was a dog too man he was gritty yeah but you know you kind of like probably how you were feeling is just like you think of him and he was like the next big thing and I was he was actually friends with my stepbrother growing up so I I knew him previously but even then I was just like yeah. I saw him like yeah. put him on the pedestal Idol. like oh yeah. my gosh yeah. like Who I can't hang guy? with this guy yeah. and then he just like took me under his wing and was just like no this is how we're gonna do it like yeah. you're good like you can do this and yeah. then it just like I was like oh okay like if I can say do it, this. I can't exactly. Do it. It's transferred trust, yeah. man. And I think that's in. We haven't talked about business one bit in an hour of recording, <laughs> which it is what it's it is. Life. This life. is life, exactly. But when you look at it like this, you when when you're in defiance, you kind of. It's hard to be starstruck now for me. I meet like people that I like, you know, celebrities. Like I lived in Nashville, ran a mm-hmm. few, few people, and. You know, I whether you're at this fight card or whatever, and you see these people, it doesn't feel the same to me as I thought it did when I would be a kid. Yeah, and I think it's just because of all this, like the, what you see coming in and out of defiance. Like Chad comes back, and mm-hmm. this dude, this we know this guy has a lot of money now, and he did it from playing baseball on the same field I'm playing on. Yeah, like it's just mind blowing, right? The guys who are up there that are that you admire, they're bringing you into the locker room. Hey, dude, if you're gonna work out with me, you're gonna work out. But yeah. you're going to keep showing up. You're not going to miss a day. You're going to mm-hmm. do this, and you're going to keep up. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And it kind of introduces you to a level of what you perceive as stardom 
as a kid and it kind of breaks that ice and i think that's the beginning of the perception of or, or expectation or culture of greatness yeah you know what i'm saying because it's tangible at that point in time mm-hmm. now going back to you getting drafted we got on a long tangent yeah. between that one. that's all right <laughs> it's all right what the heck was that experience like you're that guy at this point you're just waiting for that call right you're waiting for the hey get calm ready you know what i'm saying mm-hmm all of a sudden, that the shift happens to you in your junior year. You just were ready to play and compete. That changes things for you. You perform better. What's that transition like? When did you get the call? What was that experience like? It was actually a um, pretty anticlimactic. Really, uh, we were on the bus driving to Vanderbilt, so we were playing them in the Super Regionals. Yeah. The draft was going on day one. Yeah, And so I actually was on the phone with my agent that morning before we even got on the bus. It must have been like 9 a.m. or something like that. And he kind of told me, you know, a couple of teams are thinking about taking you with their first pick in the third round. Um, you know, would you sign for less? Would you sign for this? Would you sign for that? And for the most part, I was like, nah, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm good. Like, whatever they draft me at, like, I'm good. And uh, we were somewhere in Tennessee, and he ends up calling me. It's just like, hey, you know, the Indians want to take you. Like, will you sign for this? And I was just like, well, yeah, like, of course I will. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I got off the phone, and, of course, you know, we're riding on a, a charter bus with, like, 40-something guys. Yeah. So you're, you're sitting next to somebody. So, of course, like, they're hearing it, too. And, and you know, everybody starts kind of getting hype on the bus. And But, you know, we had a couple of other guys get taken in, like, the third round and, and fourth round, fifth round that day. So... It wasn't like anything like super special like it was in high school where I was like at home or right, I was with like, your family. I was like, nope, we're on a mission here. Like, <laughs> don't sort of game to play. Yeah, like don't distract. Like we are going down to win this, and yeah. we we did end up uh, beating Vandy in in two games. It was best of three series. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty anticlimactic. But you know, we it was all just like solely focused on the team. Still, like this can all just wait. It can wow. wait until until we're done with the mission and then we can go you didn't even really allow yourself to really celebrate or enjoy it too much and, but and it might have been because i'd already been drafted time. in the past yeah. but like yeah it was just kind of like yeah it's cool like i'm ready to go yeah but we got something else going on right now so. yeah you have, a, you, have a, you have a mission ahead still yeah. it needs done it's a job it needs done still so now where you're at junior year you get drafted for the second time there's you know you're you're battling some injuries in the near future there's 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 a lot of man there's a lot of decisions that you have to make hard ones mm-hmm. in the years to come which would be the next 3 years to come after the initial yeah period right so you fast forward that's no that's actually sorry that would have been four and a half five years then but what how hard was that decision when you said hey, listen man like my body is not on my same like hardest hardest thing i've ever done in my entire life wow my identity as a human up to that point was baseball yeah and so the decision wasn't hard because i was to the point where i was like losing feeling in my hand and like in my forearm so i was like you know i like physically unable to perform the job that i'm being paid to do so like it doesn't make any sense for me to keep going right and honestly, it was kind of like a weight off my shoulder. Like once I called like the front office and was just like, you know, like, I, I physically cannot do this anymore. Yeah. And they understood. They were very nice and respectful about it. But I remember driving home and I was just like, wow, like it's gone. Wow. And for a couple of days, it was it was fairly easy 
fairly relaxing, honestly, because mm. I was just like, it was summer. I was like, all right, I'm going to hang out at the lake for a while, like enjoy life. Yeah. But then it started to set in like, what what the hell do I do with the rest of my <laughs> yeah. life? Like, Who what am I? What, yeah, like, yeah. what am I? And so like, I actually went through like a, a long period of like dark days where I was like, wow. I have no idea like what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I was, I was still working at Lutheran. Like I hopped on um, with them pretty quickly, but I was just like, man, the in and out, the nine to five, I was just like, dude, this is so depressing. Like there was no excitement. It felt like, it felt like how I felt in baseball, but I never got to play. Like it was Mm. always just like, it was always just like I was standing on the sidelines, like, I felt the calling of like I gotta do more, yeah. But I just wasn't able to. Ugh, God, and so um, that's self destructive stuff too. Yeah, these- it was it was really bad. It was really bad. You know, went to therapy and all that yeah. stuff. Like talked to people and um, kind of got all that figured out. But did that help then? Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. It did. Um, but then just like uh, we're kind of fast forwarding here. But then yeah. like once I took that risk on like starting the business and everything yeah. like that, it, like the fire just relit. And I was like, okay, it is on. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to go now. Eyes, I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> I just needed, I just needed like, I felt like, uh, like a horse, like at the yeah. Derby, like it's just ready to go. And the, in. and the yeah. gates just constantly closing. You're banging up against it. And then all of a sudden it finally opens. You're like, let's, let's go. go. Now that this is perfect, man. Let's let's segue then to this business. But before we do so, I want to touch on a few points that you hit that have that have blown my mind a bit. What a beautiful opportunity to separate ourselves when considering a gloomy, rainy day. Yeah. Everybody's inside taking the day off. You find motivation wherever you need it. You don't wait for motivation to come to you. You find yeah. motivation. Consistency. Consistency. Legitimately just saying, if I keep showing up, I'm not going to lose. Yep. Little things are the difference. Make uh, little things make big differences. I can't read my writing after that, but either way, it's the little things that it's the small adjustments, right? It's yeah. the things that everybody wants to overlook. It's the fundamentals that you're obsessed with. Yeah. Now going going even further, you found confidence because of your relationship with failure. If relationship, if we can humanize the concept of of fear for a moment you you have learned to take the substance of fear and the words that it wants to speak to you of you're going to do this the you're going to do that you're who are you now that you're not playing baseball everything and you said okay i got two options either i believe you mm-hmm. or i say you right and i didn't say it nobody blurred it out <laughs> i just want to say i said mm, you anyway you push back right you you've developed a new relationship with fear and that really did start i'm sure it started in high school too and growing up but it really cemented in college yeah and then this transition of life right to now we're at this place with time contractors and 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 you had some experience in it previously you really took to it you pick up on things that you like you become obsessed with everything yeah. that you like and and it really fast forwards you but this is a completely different arena this isn't yeah. an athletic. There is no no educational background on it. <laughs> yeah, you're you're figuring it out. Yeah. is what it is. Uh, listen, man, I feel you. I dropped out of college two times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not once, but two times. And I have no like business background really. Besides, I wanted it and I became obsessed yeah. with it, and now I like it and I love it. And yeah. we're doing it. When you made that transition and you come to the place where 
you have that first year. It's funny because you said the first year you did like 40 or something like that. Yeah. That's what I did my first year. It's funny what you, I'm not going to go on the numbers after that, but the, the second year, I did the same number my yeah. second year. Third year, wasn't the same. <laughs> but the third year, um, for people who don't know the numbers, and I'm just being respectful not yeah. to throw them out there, but you've 10 extra business yeah. from year after your one-year anniversary to your two-year anniversary. Now you're working on towards your year three anniversary. You've 10 extra business. There was something that changed. And one, it was operating in the commercial space yep. as well, not just residential contracting. But was there something that changed in the work ethic too, in the hustle? Because, because at one point in time, you said you were walking back to your house your junior year and said, it's time to do this. Yeah. Like, it's time to be about it fully. Yeah. It sounds like you had that moment after your first year of business. Yeah. Because it was uh, right around the time where my daughter was born. Wow. And okay. We were doing a lot of stuff. We, we bought a house. Like, I was working in the house while also like we were renovating the kitchen while also oh, wow. um like doing my day to day like <laughs> at that point like I was the only person like I was I was doing everything I was the owner I was the the laborer the marketer oh, you're the, doing every- the salesman like you were I also doing the work everything oh wow everything oh wow and so I, you there. I would work during the day and then I'd get home and you know I'm I'm working in the kitchen like trying to get this <laughs> kitchen ready so that we can actually like feed our family you got a daughter on the way yeah. too so I already got a son so it's just like I got to go. Like, I got to figure out, I got to, I got to get this bigger. I got to get the wheels going. I got to move faster. I got to be more efficient. And so I just like, I mean, like we had already hit on, like, I just became obsessed with that. I'm like, how do I do that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to get in front of every influencer I could possibly meet. So that's realtors, that's interior designers, that's architects, that's engineers, that's other general contractors, that's handymen, that's drywallers, that's painters, that's floors, that's tile guys, that's roofers. I went to every networking event. I met everybody. I made phone. You see a van driving through town here with a phone number on it. I hit them up. Hey, I'm a GC GC in town. Like, this is what we do. I want to know if you can help us out. And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, let us know if you have any work for us. So I'm like, then all of a sudden these phone calls that are coming in, I don't have to tell people like, yeah, we're three months out. Like, no, we can do it now. Like, we're ready to go. Like, I answered the phone. We're ready. This is the price. And, and the better I got at like the sales, like I started knowing my numbers off the top of my head. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, Drake calls me, Hey, I got a 244 square foot addition. Like we're $200 a square foot. So that's what your price is going to be. Bottom line, like, let us know we're ready to go. And they're just like, that was oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. They're expecting you to get back in a week. And, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's where like, uh, not to get into the business side, but that's no, where you lose, do. that's where you lose connection with a lot of clients mm-hmm. is like, time kills deals. Mm. And so if you get off the phone with people, like they have time or they, they, they give you the, uh, you know, I'm going to talk it over with, with my husband or something like that. I'm like, well, is he home? Like, why doesn't, why don't we just hop on the phone together right now? We can just wow. like get it going. Wow. So you're okay. This is, I don't take is, no for an answer. Is, <laughs> like we gotta go. <laughs> this is sales though. Yeah. This is huge right here. Let's stop for a second because this needs to be discussed. When somebody has an excuse in sales, nine times out of ten, if you're selling to them, it's an emotional excuse. Yep. It's not an it's not a practical decision. Mm-hmm. It's because here's the deal: if they didn't want to, they'd say, ah, "That's too much. I'm good." Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. Totally fine. Because guess what? You're not wasting your time or my time. Yep. I move on to the next one. You just disqualified yourself as my yep. client, as far as I'm concerned, right? Yep. But the next part is, okay, well, let me think about it. So then I so nowadays I ask this question too. I've learned this too. It took me a little bit longer, but. I ask this question now too, is like, well, what, what do you need to sign today? 
What does it look like for you to sign today? If, 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 if you can put your fears on the table, like they were objects, yeah. let's talk about them. Well, it's the price. Okay. Well, if we're considering the price, if we're talking about a specific number that makes you feel uncomfortable, let me ask you this. What do you need in return to make this number not feel so bad? Yeah. Right? So we, you start breaking apart the fears, yeah. and you start realizing they're just practical questions that they're too afraid to ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to put yourself in their shoes as well. I mean, right, right. for the most part, like our projects that we're doing, they're not small things like right. there are thousands of dollars in it right. and especially you know the economy is always kind of moving along it's always adjusting but like to to talk about like big numbers like that it's scary for people and so yeah. you gotta you gotta break down the barrier of like oh my gosh i'm talking to a salesman and be like oh okay i'm just talking to another human i'm on so your team a lot of yeah, yeah a lot of times like we'll just kind of like shoot this shit for a little yeah. while i'm just like hey you know like what's your address you know they fill out the contact form on uh on the website and yep. so on and so forth. But I'm just like, Hey, you know, I noticed like you got this going on. Like, are you like, you're a, a football fan or something like that? Yeah. We just talked football for like five minutes or we're talking to the wife and they're like, cause then you're just a normal guy. Yeah. We're talking like color schemes and stuff like that. <laughs> now I'm colorblind. Don't talk to me about colors. Are you but, really colorblind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I forgot you're <laughs> colorblind. So don't talk to me about colors, but it's just like, you know, even if we don't come to terms on like moving together with this project, but like, I would be more than happy to help you with like any other decisions along the way. Yes. And it's just like, I have an architect, like they'll do drawings and we're not like, if you decide to use another contractor, like we're not going to be like, Oh, those are our drawings. Like you can't use them. Like I will help you no matter what. Like I, 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 like I, I talked to somebody a while ago and I was just like, I feel like I was always meant for more in life. Like I felt, I feel this calling, like, to be more, to yeah. bring more, to do more. Above and it and just, it feels, it fuels me every single day. And so I, I take that into like my conversations with the clients too. Yeah. It's just like, I can be more than just like somebody who's fixing up your house or adding on to your house. Like if I can help in any way, if you need me to watch your kids, like yeah. I'll watch your kids for you. you. It probably won't be that fun with me, <laughs> but you know, I got two kids, like, you know, whatever it takes. Like, you got a baseball? Yeah. So. Dude, so what you just said, though, man, is, is super important because when you're willing to, our COO refers to it as surprise and delight. It's going above and beyond, right? Yeah. It's doing what they don't expect, but they'll never forget. Right. And what you're doing is your position. You what you said it earlier. I'm I'm not the salesman. I'm your I'm I'm the asset in your back pocket. Yeah. And what you need is what I'm concerned with, mm-hmm. right? And I think there there has. I think the reason why salesmen have such a stigma is because they push despite the fears and the concerns and all that stuff. That's not how people work, dude. Like if you scare somebody into buying something, they're going to be, first of all, they're going to be extra particular. And the other part is this, like they're not going to come back. Yep. They're not probably going to refer you. It's the relationship that, that goes uh, above and beyond. I'll be honest with you. Like, there's people that have referred Holy Hill Media and they've never used us, but they have a relationship with mm-hmm. us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you want. And then when you're talking about connecting with the connectors, yeah. that is massive in sales. That's a hack yeah. right there. Don't just go sell individually. Find mm-hmm. the people who can connect you with the business. They all know you. Now all of a sudden your phone's ringing without doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the easy stuff too. It's like, you know, we're doing uh, an outdoor patio and it's just like, you need to go to every single neighbor, introduce yourself. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, if we're being too dusty, if we're do, if we're being if we're here too early, if we're here too late, like if trash blows in your yard, like 
let us know. Like, yeah. we're more than happy to help, but you're just like building that rapport with somebody yeah. who isn't even <laughs> financially invested yeah. with yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like the fact that, oh, this person's willing to take care of me even though they have no vested interest in me at wow. all. Wow, 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 wow. I love that. That is building relationships. That is equity. the number one thing that I tell everybody. Like, we have to knock on every single door, like, leave a flyer, like, be clean, like, wow. be on time. If we're in any inconvenience whatsoever, like, we have to address it immediately. But on the backside too, though, it's great marketing because your work is right next to them. Yep. That's okay. That's, this is good. So at the end of the day, let me ask you this too. As a business owner now, you went from the solopreneur, did the same thing. And then I realized, man, I'm a lot better at certain things than I am other things. We need yep. to get somebody else in here to do this thing or yep. do that thing. Are you a salesman, business owner? Are you the the relationship manager? What What is your thing that like makes days days? I feel like I'm probably the salesman. Yeah. I'm a pretty charismatic guy. Yeah. Like, I can talk about pretty much anything. I'm pretty easy to get along with. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm really good at diffusing issues, too. Yeah. I, think, I feel like people kind of see me, and they're like, oh, okay, I can't really be, like, an asshole <laughs> yeah, to this guy. Kind like, of, kind of he might idea. put me in my place. <laughs> I'm kind of afraid of that. So Just get, start getting some neck. But it's funny. Like, yeah, yeah I know. It's funny. It's funny. I have so many uh, laborers that will call me, and they'll be like, hey, you know, can you stop out here at this job site like owners upset about this and i get out there and she's just like oh i was just like <laughs> i was just like upset deal. about this and i kind of explained the situation it's just like no it's fine like we'll yeah. take care of it like no problem yeah so yeah and then problem solved immediately it's I, I, but here's the deal it's the intentionality of going out there that makes the difference though. yeah you know so let me ask you this too then sales too because of the competition Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, that's what gets me going. Feels me. Hey. Whenever I, like, get a signed contract or something like that, ooh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, for me, like, okay, there's a few contracts in my mind, like, from, from my memory, I have stored there. I know where I was mm -hmm. when they called and said, we'll do it. Yep. I know where I was, what I was wearing, everything, what street I was on. One of them uh, was Metalink uh, yep. Technologies, and I was driving – <laughs> passing the junior high, right, going under that light that takes you towards the orthodontics, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I was passing that, and they said, let's go. And to me, I was just like, because here's the deal. There's levels, right? Mm -hmm. When you first, okay, your next biggest contract, your next biggest contract, right. and then you start to ask yourself, well, how can we best serve all of these better? Yeah. How do we level up our yeah. operations, our the, our product as a service, but our products, our sales tactics? Yeah. How do we, uh, so then it, all of a sudden, again, it's a competition. It's never ending. Yeah. This is why I think business is like where the competent athletes should be. Yeah. Because it never ends. There's always something bigger, something next, right? Yep. And it's not just always like a dollar amount either. It's like I have competition. Yeah. And you best believe they're on my radar. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, it, brings that, it brings that next level of anxiety, too. <laughs> it does. You're missing out on that part. I remember selling my first six-figure deal. I was like, yes. And then I was like. Okay, but how am I going to do this? <laughs> exactly, 100%. Okay, listen, <laughs> let's talk about that for a second because nobody talks about that. You sell a deal that you are so confident that you can execute on when you're selling it, mm -hmm. but then you sell it and you're like, oh, shit. Yep. How do I actually execute on it? The thing about the most recent ones for, for me before, it like this was like, I experienced that mainly when it was just me. Like the first year of Holy Hill Media was me running around Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I'm the owner and CEO, but there was nobody to be a CEO of. It was just me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
I would say us and we in our social media, it was just gotta. me. You know what I mean? You gotta. <laughs> you gotta do it, man. <laughs> but there's this moment when you do have to get in above your head, though, in order to learn to swim. And so when I started selling these contracts, the end of my first year, like towards the end is when I really found traction. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to have to hire a videographer. I can't do this on my own because they're paying me money where I can't show up on my phone now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which I was actually doing that. Our video started in phones. Come a long way. Thank you, Tim. Um, but that moment, I remember like it was almost like, oh, man, am I phony? Like, did I just sell myself into a project I can't handle? Mm-hmm. Like, am I not going to get their money back? What am I going to have to do? Like, yeah. how am I actually going to do this? But you figure it out. There's really no better answer. There's there's no sexy thing about it. You just figure it out, or you don't, or you or you don't. I guess and you flop. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've had we've had failures like that too. Have you have you had a project where it's like, this is not what I thought it would be, or we dropped the ball or anything like that? Um, how to go back? We've had we've had a, a fair share of issues. Uh, we had an addition here recently where we didn't get the roof on in time for this you know giant storm to of come course. in, and so uh, the entire like bedroom ceiling was soaking wet. Uh, but you know how you remediate that? You be honest. You be upfront. You lean on your integrity and you take yeah. care of it. Yeah. So what we did was we ripped out the entire carpet in that room, redid the flooring all free, like repainted the entire room. Like, hate that's, to say it, but like sometimes you just got to eat it. You know that's. But it's it's worth preserving your reputation because one w- bad client is worth a hundred good clients. That's it. That is a thousand percent true because happy clients paid you to do what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might be happy, and you go above and beyond, or maybe they're just talkative, and yep. maybe they do talk about you. But you did what they paid you to do. It's not like you went and did it for free. Yep. They're not going to rave. I mean, granted, your job's good. They'll talk, right? The rave people, you know, is when you go above and beyond. But the people who aren't happy, they rampage. They rampage. It's freaking fueling it's on defiance right yep. and knock on wood haven't had that issue yet but i've seen some contractors out there and this is what i think intrigues me so much about your business is because there's so going to bbb gc's are dirt bags bro yep. like I, you know the ones that we work with thank god yep. have integrity but like because we wouldn't work with them not but mm-hmm. like the idea is like that industry is like it's just swarmed with and it's because of the standards, the mm. standards set by both the state. And I don't actually know how Ohio is, but you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. Now in Fort Wayne, uh, a lot of the, like the, the building department and the neighborhood departments are kind of like, they're kind of hammering down on people like chucking a truck who just like, they drive around. They're like, yeah, I do this. I'll like it out, you yeah. pay me $2,000 yeah. and I'll remodel your entire house. Like, yeah. I have seen so many of that, but luckily they are kind of like hammering down on that here, at least recently from what I've seen. But yeah, it's just the standard. Like, yeah, it it was 150 bucks and it was a four hour test. Like, and you obviously had to score high enough to, to get your license, but, uh, this is for the commercial side. Yeah. Yeah. But there's really no other regulations. Like there's nobody else. Like, like you can kind of just do whatever you want. And if you get away with it, you get away with it, which wow. is kind of scary because I mean, I've seen some, some flip houses that, you know, I walk through with friends or family and I'm just like, dude, stay away from this house. Wow. I've even got some like, uh, buddies who are real estate investors and I walk through houses with them. and I'm like, don't buy this. Wow. I'm like, 
I can already see, like, if you just take out this wood paneling right here, like, there is a mound of issues behind this wall. Wow. Like, you just test the outlets, and they're not grounded, and I'm just like, this is just, there's so much wrong with this house. Like, you're going to have to throw, like, six figures at this to figure it out. Now, I feel like it's so common just because, like you said, the threshold of, like, standard legally is low, but there's a lot of money to be made, too, if you're doing it the right way in the bigger projects now. It's a lot of work, though. Like, I don't even think people realize, like, there's inventory, there's labor, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's sometimes you, you have a, a project that takes two, three months or whatever, yep. and you only get paid 25 or half down initially, but yep. you have all the labor costs that, meanwhile, too, like, yeah, and overhead costs. I mean, yeah. every single day just to run a business, like, people yeah. don't realize. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough because, like, I get it. Like, people want to save money on stuff, but, like, there is like that old adage, you get what you pay for. Exactly. And sometimes like throwing an extra couple thousand dollars at something is just gonna be worth it in the long run. Hundred percent. And I think I think people are probably starting to wake up to that a little bit more. They and, are. And I think that's I think that's first of all, it means something for the good guys. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the people who care about their 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 clientele like you and and, and, and Holy Hill. It's like what it comes down to is like, you know, I think that especially like considering the economy and everything like that, people are like, what's going to happen? Is the housing market going down? Is it going to go back up? Interest rates, prices, mm -hmm. everything is so we don't know. So I think people gravitate towards people they can just trust. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a simple concept, man. Like, I realized the successful, like the long term successful business owners and you could tell a, a dirt bag from a good guy. I yeah. mean, it's pretty freaking easy. Just in how they show up. Exactly. Yeah. Just, seriously, like it's you, people are ignorant to some of it, but I think they're willingly ignorant to some of it. Yeah. When when these people show up and you see the good guy persist, he's not doing anything different. He's just doing the, the right thing. Yeah. More often. And it seems like it's so easy to do, but I I still to this day get two or three phone calls a month from people who are saying, yeah, I paid fill in the blank $15,000 to do our bathroom. And he took the money and he left. Wow. And it, there's nothing you can do. Wow. Legally you could chase after him, but is it worth it with like legal fees and everything like that? Like exactly. I've had so many people that are just like, I don't even know what to do. And wow. I'm like, I wish I could tell you, but like, you're kind of screwed. screwed. <laughs> like, either the lawyer's going to charge you or you, if they can find the guy, like who knows where he is. Like the the one thing I have learned about like people like that, or even customers like that, though. Mm -hmm. There's customers yeah. have some shady There's customers, customers too. too. The one thing I have realized is like the 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 more you do honest work well, the more you grow, the more you can charge for more of a premium service or, or product. Mm -hmm. And also the more the better clients you attract, right? The better partners that you attract, things yep. like that. And so I think part of it is just being like just doing it consistently because like early on, man, like even just in Holy Hill, I don't know if it was the same with you, but like I got a lot of different calls from a lot of different kind of people and I had to field them all. So I'm like, I just need right the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll do whatever you need me to do. If this has anything to do with marketing oh, I was or there. business, I like was there. <laughs> I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like matter of fact. I might clean your office. If you, need me to, you know what I mean? Especially early on. But what it comes down to is like, it was just consistently delivering. And then all of a sudden, the quality of leads would come in that were just way better, way yep. better, way better. And it continues to do this, to be like that. But I also know like, 
you have a narrative that you have to be responsible for. You have to steward as a business. Like, what do people feel when they interact with you? What do they think of you if they haven't interacted with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's why, like, that's why branding is so important. That's why marketing is so important because you can tell the story versus somebody else telling the story. Yep. Or you can join somebody else telling a good story <laughs> and tell a good story. Right. There's ones that that obviously you're gonna have the, the you're gonna have the bad reviews. If you do business long enough, you're gonna yep. have the bad reviews. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. But I think it's how you respond to those things. Spot and, on. You know, it's 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 it kind of comes back to the same thing we've been talking about this entire time. I was literally about to say the same yeah. thing. The failure. It's like it's coming. It's coming. Whether you want it to or not, like it's coming. It's just going to be how you respond to exactly. it. Exactly. What are you going to do about it? Yep. Exactly. So now that you have, <laughs> we've been through your career. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, you starting the business and kind of just like taking on the handyman jobs to get this off the ground. You're two rolls around and you 10x, which is insane, right? And the third, and you just hit your two year anniversary? Yep. September, September. 22nd. Yeah. Okay. Oh, just did like yep. last week. Yep. Oh, okay. Great. Well, congrats, man. Thanks. Of course, two years and 10x. That's that's pretty dang good, man. But my, my, my question now is Is there a lingering desire to do anything with baseball still? No, not at all. You done clean, clean hands. Yeah, I'm good. Good for you, man. I got kids, so I'll, I'll probably like end up coaching because I can't stand like bad coaching. <laughs> I, want, I want no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're not gonna do that. Like I'll just you know, I'll that's what we're not gonna do. I'll throw some sprinkles on it and we'll call it ice cream. <laughs> Yo, the, I don't know what gets into these parents' heads to think I can coach. Yeah, I'm like, have you ever played? A lot of times it's just necessity. That's true. They're just being a good dad. Yeah. They're just being a Which is fine. That's great. At a certain level. Yeah, but keep stay in your lane. (laughs) Like (laughs) you played J V. Just teach J V stuff. (laughs) Once you start to, you know, hit your ceiling, like let the big dog take over. (laughs) Bro, you're gonna be that guy that's like not a coach, but inside the fence. I hate to say it, but I, I know that's true. Yeah. I'm going to be like that, too. I'm going to take all of them. I'm, if I see the kids, as I've done with people, if I see the kids, I see the seed, I'm going to take it. You I'm going to take it. I'm going to water it. I'm yeah. going to give it all the sun. Now, how I often just... do you see that? Because your eyes are open to it all the time, right? If you can mm-hmm. sit down and talk with anybody for any amount of time, like you can start to see. But like, I feel like I see it in everybody. Mm. But not everybody wants it watered, though. I can only be around people for so long <laughs> okay. before, you know, okay. the, the other people that are kind of like, you know, digging at the soil and ripping out the roots, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're taking their, 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 their share. But like, I see it in so many people. I mean, the opportunity's there. You just got, yeah. I mean, everybody that I interact with, I'm the same way. Is exactly how I am right now. Yeah. Like I see it in everybody. I'm just yeah. like, and I kind of poke and I prod and I see if I can like, you know, tickle it, trigger it. Yeah. But then some people get it, some people don't. And I'm just like, well. Well, I think right. some people, well, some people just don't want it, right? I mm-hmm. think some people are thrown out, are and taken back thing. by it, and they push back. Yeah. Which is fair because you know, not every, you know, not everybody asked for it. <laughs> well, not everybody can be a leader. Like, that's there's got to be followers out there. That's and true. But I also think, though, that said, I think that there's a vast majority of people who think their followers have an area in their life that they really would excel at if they would just get over the fear yep. of whatever they're Yep. So many of. people. So many people that are miserable in their job or like in their relationship, you know, f- pick whatever you want. Yeah. Like if if they just got over that mental hurdle of like 
maybe it's not everything else. Maybe yeah. it's something in me that I need to do better. Yeah. Maybe Ooh. if I just held myself to a higher standard, then I would be able to improve like my day to day, like my life, like my emotional status, like my financial status. Like maybe if I just like walked around with a little bit more confidence, man, maybe if I believed in myself a little bit more tomorrow, yeah. what if I worked just a little bit harder? Yeah. What if I, what if I showed up and worked on a Saturday? I know I'm supposed to take it off and just relax and watch some football, yeah. but what if I, here's the deal. What you did, hmm, let's go there for a split second, let's bro. This it. gets me fired up. I'm tired of hearing people complain about their situation. Mm -hmm. You can complain to me for a little bit, but eventually I'm going to say, dude, shut up. Because what I have got you it done too. about it? Exactly. I have the same problems. Yeah. And quite frankly, the implications are way different now yep. because like there's people out there that are they're getting their paycheck. And if I don't show up, they don't get paid. Jeff Bezos. Come on. Steve Jobs. Michael Jordan, I know LeBron James, I know we all got problems. All got problems. Guess what? They're different. Exactly. Everybody's got problems. They're just different, different problems. But but at the same time, though, same time, it's the relationship with those problems that determines your success. Mm -hmm. Like what I, I'm so sick of people complaining about their financial situation. You know how easy it is to start a job in 2023, mm. a business. You can do anything. Like you can. People get paid to write reviews on movies now. Yep. You can you can review apps. You can listen. If any, how many people are in your yard or in your neighborhood? Oh God, I don't know. If you had hundreds? To say hundreds, okay, so hundreds. If you found ten houses and had your little neighbor that was in high school that you pay him a fifty buck fifty dollars every time that hundred and fifty dollars every month, do the math on just ten houses. You see what I'm saying? Like it's so it's there's 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 opportunities all over the You're place. You're stealing my next business model. Oh, are you doing it long care? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, bro. You need a partner. Let's do it, man. Hey, I've already <laughs> thought about it. I have too, to be honest with you. Honestly, I have a little notebook. Don't even get me started me. on this. I got so yeah, many ideas. ideas. It doesn't stop. My wife's always like. You're not gonna have time for me if you start all of these businesses. Every inconvenience in my life, I write it down Dude, and I think of a business idea for it. Listen, that is the the the, the best ideas. For example, uh, the, I'm, the, I'm ready to spit them off, but I'm go. scared that people will steal. Don't, them from then me. don't. Honestly, don't. Honestly, well, actually, you know what? Nobody's gonna have the initiative to do it if they do. That's my subscription-based cleaning service. But the reason that this stemmed is because I hate doing laundry. Ooh. I hate doing laundry. I would pay somebody $100 a week to come in and do my laundry for Ooh. me. So it's subscription-based. You pay, and you can check a box on the app like, hey, this, this week or this every two weeks or every month, I want you to come in and do this, 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 and the price changes based off of that. Wow. When when it comes to these ideas, though, when it comes to business, like I, obviously, like, time contract is, is your thing. Yep. That's the baby, yep. right? But are you a serial entrepreneur? Are you like, man, I, I want to be able to build this up, somebody else run it, and I want to do something else? Is that where you're looking? Yeah. Yeah? Real yep. estate invest investments? Yep. That's okay. the next step. Uh, well, actually, before that, the barrier that we're going to break into is new builds. So it's going to be oh, like new housing. Ground yep, ground up. Wow. That's, Developments and stuff? Uh, or just, the, and that's the struggle right okay. there. Because I don't want to do spec homes because I hate the cookie cutter. Like, I want people who want to do unique stuff. Yeah. I want brick. I want stone. I want yeah. wood. I want, like, I just... You're a psychopath, I, dude. I know. <laughs> You're crazy. I want to do everything that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say what? Everything. I know contractors who are like, God, they want to do this, or God, they want to... Oh, that stuff excites me. I had somebody... Uh, um, I just did a networking event last weekend down in Indy, and the one guy that I met with was like, do you do, like, bookshelf doors? And I'm like, 
what's a bookshelf door? He's like, you know, from like 007 where it's like a bookcase, but it like opens up into a secret room. And I'm like, no, but I want to. Dude, I have been, listen, I have. He wants to make a speakeasy. On the it, back of the book. Mm-hmm. First of all, I need to be introduced to this dude. Yeah. And you need to do it. Second, but third of all. I told him I would. That is a dream of mine to have like the office with like the leather chair, the fireplace, yep. the bourbon rack, the cigar, yep. the hu- humidor, <laughs> and then a freaking door that goes to something that like doesn't match anything. Like it's just yeah. a party room or something, yeah. like just a speakeasy or something. I'll call you. For sure. I'll call you to do I'm it. I'm ready. Listen, critical <laughs> thinking skills. That's my thing. It gets my brain going. Anything that's difficult or hard, I'm just challenging. Like I need a challenge every single day. The, okay, so what is it about? What is it about a challenge at this point, right? Like I hear you saying like you need it because it's it's something. You, is it because you have to dig deep? Is it because you have to apply more of yourself? Is yes. it because you don't have it because in it the ta- moment? It takes something from me mm. and it makes it something else. Mm. So that goes back to me saying that I, I've always felt like I was called for more i Mm. always felt like i was meant for more and i feel like i've never reached that wow so i'm experimenting by doing all these difficult things and just trying to find like oh god like i think goggins said something about this i gotta bring him up i get a little bit of goggins i know (laughs) everybody brings him up but he said something about like you know when you go to heaven and and god opens the gates and he goes you know you are what you are. He was talking about himself at the time. He's like, yeah, you're 300 pounds. Like you worked at a cleaning service your entire life. Like this is what you were supposed to be. And he has like a a list, like a blackboard. And it was just like everything he was supposed to be in his life. It was just like, if you just did the workout, if you just did the extra thing, like this is what you were going to be. Wow. And so that's, that's me. The fear of regretting. I'm afraid. I yeah, told you that. Yeah, I said I'm always... afraid every single day. Okay. Now I want. I, I know. I I keep stopping about right. this, but in the, like the fear thing. Like you have a different relationship. This is okay. This is why I love the podcast, and this is why this podcast or one podcast, whatever podcast I have, yeah. it's going to blow up one day, and I know mm-hmm. it will because this you have this thing right and it's this relationship with fear right yeah it's cracking that open and seeing what's inside nobody's mm-hmm. af- everybody's afraid to go there or ask the intimidating guy about that yeah. but i'm gonna ask you right now like when you crack up that relationship with fear and you feel that on a day-to-day basis you see your kids you see your wife and you're like i, I know i know that let me let me see if you can relate i wake up my wife owns a business too but it's it's I know, I feel like it's on my shoulders. I wake up and I, it's a sick thing, but I'm constantly like, well, what if her, you know, she wants to stop working or we have kids or what if this happens or what if she wants this or she needs that or God forbid one of our family members gets sick. Am I going to be that guy that steps up like I want to be? Like, I does your head go through like bad Mine, scenarios? Mine's or like, a little different. Okay. Mine is... Um, don't make me feel like I'm sick in the head, bro. No, because <laughs> okay, trust okay, me, okay, I okay. am. Everybody who knows me has probably said the same thing about me. <laughs> Mine's a little bit different in that my fear is that when I leave, mm. something happens to me. Mm. Can I trust those around me wow. to keep the same standard and do the same thing and keep growing? Wow. You know, keep taking those 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 principles and those lessons and those values and and do the same thing. 
you know, like what Tyler did to me, I did to you. Yeah. Can, and now you're doing it to everybody else around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's when I'm gone, when I leave high school, will there be more people to do the same thing for others wow. behind them? Wow. Because we already talked about it. The softies, the, yeah. the just like people in general these days, always talking about their problems. Like we, every day, people like us, we have the opportunity to touch those people and change that mindset. Yeah. So instead of feeding into... You know, yeah, your problems are hard. Wow. Maybe maybe we readjust that. Maybe we say, maybe we don't think about it as, as problems. Like maybe your financials aren't the problem. Maybe your mindset's the problem. Wow. Have you ever thought about, you know, the fact that you're here, the fact that you have kids, the fact that you have the ability to work? That's a blessing. There's people with cancer. There's people with spinal cord issues. They, they can't walk. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? And you're complaining about the situation that you're completely in control of. Mm-hmm. See, this is, uh, man, this is some next level stuff, brother. We're an hour and a half in. I want to respect your time. Are you good? I'm good. I don't okay. have any. I cleared my day. Me too. <laughs> I had a feeling this might happen, honestly. <laughs> so you have this, you have this drive that is not external. It's completely and utterly internal because of the relationship to the external world right now obviously your family is your motivation but they don't need to ask you to work harder it, it's it's something that's going on inside it's this converse this dialogue that you have with yourself like if i don't do this today and i'm not here tomorrow then it's not going to get done mm -hmm. you're concerned with making sure your family's taken care of that they don't have to worry but you're also concerned with legacy you're concerned with impact now is this something that you pulled uh, like just in time and developing and maturing? Tyler, he had a role to play in it. Your dad had a role to play in it. I'm sure coaches and teammates had roles to play in it. But this deep obsession with like impact is something that that's just character, though. That's not necessarily you inherit that because if you don't care about people, you don't care about people. It doesn't matter right. how many people that cared about people were around you growing up. Like, where did that come from? This desire for impact. Growing up in a broken family. Mm. Go Parents there. were divorced growing up. And just, I remember, and obviously, I remember all the bad times. Of course. I don't remember we all do. any of the good yeah. times at all. Yeah. And so it was my desire, you know, at a pretty young age to transform everything around me mm. and it did take a while I, I i think i remember i was about 16 years old and my dad and i hadn't talked for about a year mm. we had a big falling out we hadn't talked for a year and i remember thinking to myself you know for for everything that he's done to hurt me like i am willing to forgive that in myself so that one day I don't have to see him on his deathbed knowing that I didn't take the opportunity to have a relationship with him. That and that goes back to fear. I was afraid that I would trend by holding on to that anger. Now, don't get me wrong, I let anger fuel a lot of things inside of me. Yeah. But if I didn't let go of that, that it would grow inside of me. Wow. And I would be that kid that one day said, you know, got a phone call from my mom or my dad and grandpa, you know, so yeah. on and so forth and said, you know, dad's not doing well or he's on his deathbed. And then what? Wow. I wasted decades. 
wow. on an opportunity to change things. And all I had to do was take it on myself to forgive myself wow. and him. So you're, what I hear you saying is that the things that prompt discomfort and that make you kind of want to run and avoid the situation, the things that usually people turn away from and neglect, these, these, these experiences that made you feel uncomfortable or say, this is not what life should be like, you almost, it's like the way I always put it is like you sat in the room with your demon and you looked him in the eye and said, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. Now that though, that though, that's, that's tough. Adults can't do that. And you're doing that at 16 years old or growing up experiencing that in a broken household. And I think the, the thing that to me is so intriguing about that is that you didn't accept your situation. You saw it and you said, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be better. And if nobody else is going to do it, then I am to me. I don't know if you were just born with it or God just dropped a little something <laughs> on your head when you were born or whatever. But that is what, what I would believe is the foundation of everything that you have accomplished to date since then. Yeah. That's, that's something. Have you have you sat and you, have you have you journaled about that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You, you, I got all you know, of it. You you seem to have it articulated very well. Like mm -hmm. you didn't have to. You weren't you weren't you weren't contextualizing. You were remembering. Yeah, this is something that you talk about often. Oh yeah. Are you are you introspective? Very. Yeah. Very very. A lot what, of internal dialogue every single day. What kind of conversations go on in your head? Good, bad, day day. anything in between. Yeah. A lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah. A lot of how are we going to do this? How are you going to do this? Business. But then it's just like when I feel myself drifting away from like my core values, I I, I turn that on and I, like I was saying, I let the, the I address the fear and then I, like you were saying, I kind of attack. I like yeah. take, I turn the table around. I go, no, I'm not going to be a passive little, I didn't say <laughs> you it. You can say it. I'm going <laughs> to attack today. Yeah. So that's literally yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. I'm just like, it's so easy to be passive, to sit back and let life go by and you can feel whatever you want to feel and you can eat whatever you want to eat, but it's hard and it takes, you will never regret doing something that's hard. Mm. ever Oof. like it's just the the feeling that you get i don't i don't know anybody who's done anything hard and they go yeah that sucks but then you know five minutes later you go do you wish you didn't do it you wish you right. were sitting on the couch and did nothing and they go well no i'm glad i did it exactly because you get something out of it wow when you have these moments in your day-to-day -day, especially and i would imagine not everyone is like consuming, but I know in business, I know, especially yeah. younger business, like we're only a year apart in business. And I know, I know that there are moments where it's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Why am I doing this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I would rather somebody sign my paycheck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then my wife always quickly reminds me though. She's like, you're complaining. That's not really what you want. If mm. you say, go ahead, she'll, she'll talk. Go ahead. You should think about how you'd feel if you did. Right. So then the, got a good one there. She, dude, she lit me up the other day. We were in North Carolina looking for office space and I was like, you know, I was just complaining and she just kind of stopped and said, listen, what, what man are you going to be in response to this? And I was just like, 
felt like I was in Braveheart. You know what's crazy Freedom. about that? 99.9% of the rest of humanity would not have said that. Oh, 100%. That's, dude, listen, my wife, listen, shout out Lexi yeah. because she's not like other people. She's not like other people in a sense that, here's the crazy thing. She's not the person that's like, I want to build this empire. I want to do this. She's like, I want to have a family, and I want them to be happy. Yeah. I want them to be whole. I want them to know that I love them. It's like this very grounded, like, character-driven passion. But she gets it, though. Yeah. She gets me. She lets me She lets me get on my high horse. She lets me work late nights. She lets me do this thing. She lets me reinvest. And she holds me accountable to the things that I say I want to do, though. Yeah, gotta. You have to. And I think accountability is one thing we run from as human beings naturally that we need to accomplish any sort of level of success. And that, that goes beyond just, like, mentors or, like, a spouse or an older brother. Like, that's your circle. If your circle is not saying, get up, yeah. then you're in the wrong circle. But... What but what she is though for me, man, like she not only is she the rock because there's times where she's like, you know what, that does suck. Like, mm -hmm. just take a breather, man. Like, there's there's there, she just I think she just knows when I'm when I'm uh, she knows when I need kicked and she knows when I need a pat yeah. on the back. She knows when you need the the affirmation or whatever, right? But the, I I would say this too, like I couldn't do what I do without her, especially if I had a wife who was like. You can only work 40 hours a week. I need you home by five. No, this, that, and the other. I would, first of all, I would probably jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be married because I'd be dead. But yeah. the other side of it, though, is like there's an empowerment to know that not only does she say, do what you want to do, like do that if that's what you're driven to do. But if you're going to do it, do it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That just, that, that gets me pumped up. You know what I mean? The flip side for you, man, this is a hard conversation to have with most people. I don't imagine you're afraid of the conversation. How hard is it for you now as a business owner, as a husband and a father? Because this is the last two years for you. You've been a dad before this, the business. So, like, what what is it like for you now? Like, because balance, <laughs> Brent Simon was on the podcast the other day, and he said balance is in the back pocket of a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> Goat. <laughs> I don't even know, but goat, bro. <laughs> do <you> think of that? <laughs> I don't know. Part of me was like his grandpa told him that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But the 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 case is the fact is like he's kind of right though. Like there is no such thing as balance, mm -mm. but there is a such thing as awareness, right? Like, okay, I haven't been home early in the past four nights. Like I need to get home, make an intentional time with my wife for you, your, your wife and kids, like. What's that been like for you finding balance? Because I can see you also becoming completely obsessed with like, I want to work 23 hours in a day and I have to sleep one. Yeah. Um, Is that tough for you? Well, you got to understand that none, like, my life growing up was not balanced at all. Okay. So balance is not something that I'm used to. It's yeah, actually same. the opposite. Like, I'm used to being, uh, like, well, I mean, in college, like, define balance because, like, my day, Discipline's not balanced. In, co in college, we had 6 a.m. weights. Yeah. 8 a.m. class. So 8 to 1 class. Go to the field, practice at 3, 3 to 5, weights at 5, study table after that until 10.30 at night, and then you're back at the dorm or apartment until the next day, and then you do it yeah. all over again. So it was very strict, very regimented. I thrive on structure. Okay. Okay. There. Okay. Interesting, though, because I also... <laughs> 
You about to thrive on chaos. Yeah, see, that doesn't... Oh, yeah, that, I am so chaotic. I do, for what it's worth, I take time. Like, when I'm done with my day, I, I, I have to pick up the kids before 5 p.m. Okay. From the daycare. Yeah. As soon as I pick them up, I am... They are my complete attention until yeah. they go to bed. Got you. Now, as soon as they go to bed, I'm just like, <laughs> all right, I, I got gotta, some emails. I got to turn it back on. I got to... I got to do this. I got to yeah. get proposals out on this and that and the other. And so, you know, eventually one day I kind of see that not being my responsibility, but until it's not, it is. Yeah. So if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. hundred percent. And uh, if, if I don't make money, then family's not going to eat. Then you ain't gonna so eat. that can't happen. Yeah. So you're going to work. Gotta, we got to provide. <laughs> we got to provide. So, so it is tough. It is very, very tough. Now, discipline is one thing. Balance to me, I the best way I can explain it is you have as a man, each of us has a few buckets that we are responsible for keeping full. Yep. That is the bucket of your your spouse. Now, granted, her happiness isn't your responsibility, mm-hmm. but the the responsibility you do have, you better be aware of because there's a bucket to fill. Same with your kids, financial, physical, mental, spiritual. You go on however many buckets you feel like you're obligated to. How hard is it to keep all of them full for you? Very. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it that it's hard. Because <laughs> it's another challenge? I love it because yeah. it's a challenge. It is <laughs> not easy, man. Kids kids are crazy. Yeah. They do all this stuff. I can't walk out of the room without one of them crying because they fell or got hurt. Or yeah, this yeah. one took this toy. Or How old are they? Three and one. Three and About one. to be four and two. So Okay. Um, but it is, it's tough, but I love it. Yeah. Love watching them grow, man. They're my best friends. That's Love awesome, that. man. Does that does are you inspired by I guess what things are you doing differently because of your you're growing up in a broken home? Like I did as well. And like I think some of the things I kept a mental note of what not to do, not what to do. So Same. I had to learn Same. everything that was supposed to happen. Yeah. But I knew what not to do. So it kinda yeah. helped me. I'm still missing a few links, you know what yeah. I mean? But like it's 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 a learn as you go. Nobody has it figured out. But like what are some of the things you knew, like, I'm going to do this different with my kids? I'm going to teach. Mm. You I'm knew not, that off I, the rip. Yep. That was the number one thing. My entire life growing up, I don't want to, like, be the the reprimander. And I do. Sure. But when I do, I make sure that I take time to teach. So they understand. So they understand why I said what I said, because it's my job to protect them. Wow. And so if they don't understand why I'm yelling at them, then I'm just planting a seed for a resentful relationship somewhere wow. down the road where dad says something and it's just fear-based. Dad's talking to me. I got to, I got to pull back. I got to get inside my shell. I can't. It's wow. Rather than, Hey, it's my job to protect you. This is why I told you not to climb on the back of the chair. Right. Yeah. Cause when you fall and you hit your head, it hurts, it hurts yeah. and you're going to cry and you're going to bleed. Okay, buddy. So now, next time I tell you to get off of the chair, let's sit on our butt, yeah. and we'll sit in the chair <laughs> like a good boy. <laughs> but that's just slowing it down. And and here's here's what that takes, though. That takes a whole lot of patience. Yeah. Now, is that something that you've had to cultivate? Because typically with – I shouldn't say typically, but I, I think it is a general – Uh, I think it's safe to speak generally. I know I do. Because I am a builder, an entrepreneur, I feel like results should come as soon as I build. Like if I'm building something, I usually see a result, right? Because you're doing it. You're in control of the outcome. But you can't with kids. They're people. People are people. You can't control people. You can't control how they feel, what they do, what they think. You you shouldn't try even. 
like is that something you struggle with or is like relationships kind of just you're just aware and repetition is repetition builds yeah. the habit gotcha and i know like especially as i don't get me wrong like there's like even last night i was like about to just roundhouse both of them <laughs> i was like i literally couldn't do anything without them like getting upset about something they were just being emotional and i did actually have to like leave the room take a breather and just be like okay they're just kids like all right and then i went back in there and i just like i changed everything and yeah. i was like okay now i gotta reset and then i can i can go in there with a clearer mind but with them like it's just it's repetition it's got to be everything think yeah. of like potty training and stuff like that like you never expect a kid to go poop on the potty the first time. You're like, no. all right, buddy, you're out of diapers. Like, yeah. you got to learn to be a man now. <laughs> like, no, we got to practice, and then we got to do You're picking a... up the hammer next week. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't get him wrong, man. He's good with a hammer. He's yeah. good at demo. So. <laughs> I bet he is, yeah. man. Listen, man, I think one of the coolest opportunities that parents have to give their kids is showing them working hard. Like, that, mm, boy, I... it. Mm, it pisses me off that as a society, we, and I'm just going to talk to, I'm a, I'm a guy, you're a guy, let's talk about boys for a second. Yep. Not teaching young men the the fabric of manhood. And it's not a comfortable one. It's not an easy one. It's not soft. People are missing that. People, it's not soft. It's not soft. It's not let's then let's 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 double click there then let's dive into that for a split second because people will counter and say well we're in a world now where the, you know you don't have to do this and things are changing and people are different everybody has a different opinion listen here at the end of the day like right is right and wrong is wrong black is black is black white is white now i'm not here to talk about morals i'm not here to talk about what god anybody mm -hmm. believes in but what i know to be true is <laughs> you hear you've probably heard this quote but Tough men make easy times. Easy times make soft men. Soft men make hard times. Hard hard times make tough men. We are entering into a hard time because of soft men. Yep. And I'm not talking about people like Liver King. I'm not talking about the John Jones of the world. I'm not talking about yeah. somebody's going to beat on their chest and just juiced up or like knows how to take an engine apart and build it back that's not the fabric of a man the fabric of a man what i believe is somebody who can stand on righteous ground through thick and thin hold the line hold the line exactly why are we here mm. oh we got deep <laughs> sorry dude <laughs> right turn boop I'm worried about what I can say. <laughs> Listen, okay, okay. No, honestly, I was worried about the same thing when I threw you the question. I'm like, oh, man, he, here's the deal. Where I'm at now as an owner of a business, and maybe you can, maybe you can't, I have been so afraid to say things in public because I don't want to get canceled mm. in, like, my business. And well, and this is your podcast. This isn't mine. If this was mine, I would not hold back. I would let it go, and I would, let it, I would not be here. Here's, no, here's the deal. Like, say what you want to say i'm not afraid of what you have to say and quite honestly i'm not afraid to say out loud i agree with it i don't because i'm tired of feeling like i can't stand for what i believe in mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm not if i get canceled for doing what i believe is right well then cancel me brother you know what i'm saying like whatever that looks like whatever that sounds like whatever that tastes like say what you want to say and all you right have let's no see. filter to me let's see why did we get here or why are we here yeah why are we here how all the right. heck did we get here all right well i I honestly believe that that is because men are being attacked for being men. Ooh. Now, 
what that means is that in in today's age, we are you, you think of men as providers, okay? Yep. We protect, you know, we we work hard jobs for the most part. And I think that there is a thing cancel culture. Go ahead, go, ahead, go there. Where uh <laughs> Like how you're like looking at me after you enter every point. Like, is this okay? Go Cancel ahead. culture. Cancel culture. Um, where everything is just so soft, and and men are meant to protect, and they're meant to provide, and we're we're trying to soften everything up to protect everybody's feelings. When in reality, everybody just needs the the truth, mm. honesty about how you feel, communication, and it goes back to how I communicate with clients, like. When people are upset, like if you're just honest with them, for the most part, they handle it pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the communication part stems from lack of face to face contact. Mm. So we're stuck behind screens. We're not talking to each other. And it's you easy. You thought this through. It's well, because I get text messages from homeowners all the time that are pissed off. Mm. And I drive out there, I sit down with them. Hey you're Drake, so tell me what's going anymore. on. Yeah, not so it's <laughs> five minutes. Five minutes later, we have a solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have yeah. to right. react with anger when there's such an easy solution, and all you needed was the truth in front of you. Yeah, because it's it's easy to be angry when you can't tell context in a conversation. Because mm-hmm. you can assume. Yeah, you can assume. Think about the days back when like text messaging first started out. <laughs> It like, was, or or even like texting your wife, like you yeah. could send her something and you mean it in the nicest way, and she's like, "Wow, yeah,", <laughs> yeah. or like, "Uh, what? Yeah. Okay." Yeah. It's so easy to take things out of context when you can't tell from verbal or physical cues what's actually going on, and so I think lack of like human contact with people, technology, cancel culture, like trying to soften up everybody's world to protect them. When in reality, like what you need for protection is the hard stuff. Wow. You like said, you need to work out. You need to like yeah. you need to be taught right from wrong. And you need, as we just said, like to hold your line. Yeah. If you believe in something, hold the line. You said people don't need as much comfort as much as they need truth. Yeah. Why are we at a place now where in I can obviously assume I can I have my own opinion, but why do you believe we're at this place where we're defending comfort more than truth? Fear. Fear of La- And lack of... It's all a projection. So we're all just projecting our own issues onto everybody else. Yeah. And the, the fact that we can't face our own demons, so we throw them at everybody else's face. It's like, here, you deal with them. Yeah. And then we start to believe that they are the problem. They are the demon. Wow. One example that just came to mind when you said that is like, let's celebrate failure so that people feel better about failing, right? Spot on. So rather than address it. Exactly. Okay. I'm Face gonna, it. I'm going to go there and hopefully you're okay being I'm attached ready. to this too. I'm tired of people celebrating obese men and women. Oh my God. It drives me nuts. I'm like, they're going to die soon. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, heart disease is a thing. It's one of the leading causes of death in, death in America. And we're here cele- celebrating it. Yeah. We don't care about their well-being. Mm-hmm. They, we don't, we don't want to acknowledge that they're beautiful. No, they, 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 they might have a beautiful soul. They might be a good person, but this isn't ideal. If beautiful is ideal, this isn't ideal. I think... Martin Luther King Jr. said it. 
I don't judge people by the color of their skin, but by the uh, the substance of the character. The substance yeah, of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like one thing that I carry with me every single day. Yeah. yeah. Like, we get so consumed with like racism, sexism. Like everybody's yeah. got to feel special in their own way. Like, no, you don't. Nah. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to. Feeling special comes from inside. Exactly. And and what we there it is. So so now we live in a society where we're only affirmed externally. And so mm-hmm. to be unique, you have to be a part of a unique movement. And but here's the deal: you're not unique if there's a million other people just like you doing the same thing you're doing, yep. saying the same thing you're saying. Yep. You to be unique is to be authentic. Authenticity is killer. It's not about standing out or being different. It's about being authentic. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal, though. Authenticity takes bravery. Yep. Because what you had to do at a young age and at an adolescence was face the discomfort. I do not like this life. I do not like this situation. It's this way because of this reason, and this is what I'm going to do about it. That takes courage. That takes discomfort. That takes a willingness to be uncomfortable. This is why I believe soft times create soft people. Hard times, growing up, broken family, discomfort's not new to me. Yeah. It's not new to you. Therefore, if we have to have a card, I'm. do you do the Enneagram thing? I've never taken the test. I do. do you? <laughs> I've taken it a Are couple you? times. Have you? <laughs> I get a I'm, different answer every single do time. Because. I mean, can you tell? Like, I'm a different person you, every single minute, like of the you, day. I'm you, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have only ever heard. I've never taken it. I've only ever heard that I'm an eight, the challenger. Mm. Now, here's the deal. I, I'm not afraid of hard conversations. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly like. I'm anxious for them. Like, let's just get this over with. Let's talk about it. If it, if we need to talk about it, and also, I also feel comfortable in places where people feel uncomfortable. So I almost look for that. It's almost yeah. like a piece of my identity, I guess. Yeah. I think this is this is putting truth to the soft time makes soft men. Like, if you're that on, listen. If you've been through something significant for any amount of time, longer than a day, you have probably grown some sort of resilience, and you have a better propensity to success because to get to that success, you have to deal with the uncomfortable, hard things. The looking inward. How is it? You said this like two or three times in this conversation. What am I doing wrong? What, what can I do different about the situation? Instead of complaining, what can I do differently about the situation? Where am I missing the mark? Yep. And that's the accountability we do not have as a society. We do not have as Americans right now. You know what I mean? I do believe, though, and see if, you can, if you're feeling the same thing. I think the pendulum's swinging back. It does, every single time. Every single it time. It will. It is the law of social physics. Man. And that's why I feel a, a responsibility Come on. to be a part of that. Ooh, there it is. Because I know it's coming. You yeah, know what's coming. I know it's coming. So what does that mean? Because what it doesn't mean because of your the statute of your character is that we don't break people to find our way. We build people to find their way, right? It is the finding the greatness and cultivating that in people. Now, I get the same weird stares like, dude, chill. I just want to work at I know. You know I hear I mean? that all the time. And I'm like, but <laughs> there's more to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're <laughs> fucking trying to pull it out of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, give me something. It's something, man. But at the same time, you can't make anybody. They have to want it too. Yeah. But some people, they've been waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I needed this. Yeah. Conversation I had with my friend Anthony Aquino. He was working at Cora and he was door dashing about a year ago. He actually told me this. I didn't know. He had he came on the podcast and he's like, I 
because he he brings us food every every Tuesday because it just helps us because we work late. Yeah. We get a night to ourselves. We don't have to cook and clean that night. Well, she doesn't have to cook. And, yeah. yeah. Be honest. Neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, I dropped a, I dropped a, uh, your DoorDash off a year ago. And now I'm delivering, I'm a private chef. And it's crazy because he had the, nothing I did. He had the skills the entire time, but I saw him at Cora one time because his wife was an intern here. Mm -hmm. And Brian, Cora and Brian. And he came out, he's like, hey, you know, she introduced me to him and shook his hand. He's like, hey, I'm going to bring you something out. Okay, whatever. He brought it out and it was good, man. He sat there and watched me. He watched me taste. He's like, I want to see how you respond to this. I'm like, ooh, you care about your craft and this is good. I'm like, ooh, I want to, I want to talk to you. Yep. Dude. So we set up. A, he's like, ah, I want to ask you some questions sometimes whenever you have time. I'm like, no, 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 no. What do you want next week? Because <laughs> I know that the longer we go between this moment, the less of a chance that you are going to connect these dots. Yep. We met the next Thursday or something like that at Chop House. And he was just like, I have these opportunities. I'm not sure if I should do it. This, that, blah, blah, blah. More or less, I just said, hey, dude, you belong at the table. That's just about it. He took that and ran with it, dude. He's a private chef. He's doing meal preps for a UFC fighter, the guy that I manage, other fighters as well. He's got this bold plates thing, which he's meal prepping. Yeah, I just saw. Planning. Yeah. And then he's also running Father John's, and he's the chef there, and he's building out a menu in another restaurant in Bryant. Like, he just exploded. It just mm-hmm. took one thing. This is why people have to go out of their way to help cultivate that. People, Go ahead. You got something. Go off. What an opportunity. Go ahead. Oh, you're talking about yeah. Anthony, 100%. When you were telling that, I just thought of, like, what if that wasn't you? Where would he be now? Where does that go? Like the, <laughs> yeah. the fact that we meet the fact that we meet certain people in our lives at the times that we meet them. Sometimes wow. the opportunity gets lost on the wrong person. Wow. Ooh. Go there. Bringing it back to me. That's why I take it on myself to find those people. Wow. You did the same thing. Yeah, you yeah. noticed it. Yeah. So you have it in you too. Yeah. You feel it. 100 percent That's what this is. The team responsibility. Is. You you see the seed. Yeah. You take it, you know, no, this one's mine. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna grow this one. Wow. I'm gonna see what this turns out to be. I don't know what it will be. Who knows? Maybe it's a tomato, maybe it's something. I don't know, but it's something. But I, can I see can't it. not try though. Mm-hmm. It'll eat me up, dude. Listen, okay. I have a group and now. Where did just, that come from? What's that? In both of us. Where does that come from in both of us? Bringing it. Dude. Cultivating it. 100%. And and feeling. Tell me if you've ever felt this way. I fought for my significance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what I didn't have. And here's the deal. You had to fight for your significance, too. Yeah. It probably drove you as an athlete. That's why you stood out. You weren't just big. You were athletic. There was, there was, it was... You separated yourself because you desired that thing. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people think that it's just... Cause you're it just guy. happened. Yeah. Well, like I didn't work for it. They've also never oh. been there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't worry about them. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> there was a there was a split second where I thought like <laughs> your hair was gonna turn to flames yeah, like no. Super Saiyan. But where does that come from? Because this is when this is when I maybe I'm just too dumb to be able to articulate it mentally. But I'm just like God. I don't know. There's probably some other reason for it, but like. It's necessary. The time is now. I feel like something's activated in me. I don't think I have a choice at this point. I'm a very empathetic person. Yeah. I feel 
I feel what people feel around me. Yeah. I, I, I just, it's like a sixth sense. I know yeah. they don't even have to like show me. They don't have to tell me I can feel what they feel. Yeah. And I put myself in your situation right there and I felt it. I didn't uh, even have to be there. I felt that like, like what you were saying, you just noticed it. Yeah. Like he, he wanted to know like how you felt, what you yeah. thought of it. Yeah. And you picked up on it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I feel that all the time around people. And then yeah. I'm just like, Okay, you're coming with me. Yeah, hundred percent. Like we gotta figure this out. I started this group, and I, it's it's kind of private. Just to respect these guys, but essentially just as like a mentor group. And yeah. um, I'm these, a part of a couple of them too. Yeah, and and they're just some guys that I knew want more, but they didn't really know how to put the steps together to get mm-hmm. the momentum. Plus, it just community people to support each other, right? I'm a part of some too, and just like the whole thing with Tyler to you to you to me to me to the the ones behind me like i feel like when i'm being poured into i feel like here's the deal i think the stream a stream runs straight if you're if you stop where the stream's at you're not going to grow i feel like you have to continue to let that flow through to Mm -hmm. the to to the ladder right to the to the younger generations whatever the case might be i need to have you talk with these guys i need to have you jump on a zoom call sometime and allow them to pick your brain sure and like, we're just talking at this point. They're along for the ride, which yeah. is completely fine. I want to have you jump on and so they can become familiar with the fabric of your confidence, your awareness, your audacity, your familiarity, and your relationship with fear, all of these things. I, I want them to see that because what I don't want them to do is just get used to me and think I'm just a crazy dude that's all jacked up on Mountain Dew. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Coming out, I'm like a spider monkey. I need them to see that this is... This is uh, is bigger than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I need to have you do that. But do you feel when you bring these people in and you're like, yeah, you're coming with me, what's next? Is it you need them to work for you? Are you mentoring them? I do a little bit of both. Okay. Tell them, like, I got a job for you. Like, it might be insignificant. It might be small. But, like, you know, I I just need you to be close. Close, yes. Proximity. Yeah. So the proximity thing, I think that's so important. But here's here's something I struggle with too, though. And maybe you feel it too. I deal with people a lot on a day-to-day basis. And it's like, eventually, I'm just kind of like, you know, I need some alone time. You know what I mean? And then I feel convicted because I'm like, this isn't, this is borrowed time. All of this is, it's not yours. It's you, there's, there's somebody who needs your time more than you need to chill or whatever the case might be. I'm always mm-hmm. just, I don't know if you do that. At There's all, always too. that. Yeah. There's always that, but you come to peace with it and you find rest. You need rest. But like part of me is like, I feel like I'm a mentor, but I'm not a dis, um, what is it called when you disciple people? A discipler? Just a disciple. A, a like disciple that disciples. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I hope somebody judges us for this, yeah. but either way, like discipling, to disciple is to walk with somebody and step by step. Yeah. A coach, I'm gonna teach you the plays. I'm gonna hold you accountable to hard work, and it's time to perform. I'll be there. But you're going home alone, homie. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's kind of my perspective. I coach more than I'm a disciple, uh, or a discipler, or I disciple. <laughs> Maybe we should just cut this part out. Yeah. 
It is what it is. It is what it is. They'll figure it out. But do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, do you feel like you're the kind of person that needs to be in the day? Like, are you texting people in the day to day? Are they calling you like, "Hey, my girlfriend broke up. I'm sad." Like, what? What, what is? What, what is it for you when it's you're? It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, same. They hit me up whenever. They know they can. Yeah. I, I'll make time for anybody. Obviously, I let everybody know, like, if I can't talk to you, I can't. Yeah. Like, there's right. a reason why. Don't right. take it if, like, I'll offensive find time or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> I, I was like telling Lexi too. out there, I was like, I only have so much bandwidth to go on. <laughs> I got other stuff going on. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm like you. I'm, like, kind of ADHD where, like, I'll be doing something, and then I'm just like, wait, how did I get in this yes. room? Like, oh, my, oh my gosh, gosh, dude. And then you have three other things that are unfinished, but that's beside yep. the point. Yeah, yeah. I'll be driving around town thinking about one thing, and then all of a sudden be like, wait, I'm here. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's gosh, scary. That's scary. <laughs> that is the scariest thing in the world when you're driving and you end up where you're at and don't remember driving. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. Autopilot. And I'm, it's only 10 a.m. I'm not drunk or anything. I know. <laughs> you know I, mean? I like, tell myself that all the time. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm not, not drunk. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, there's, there's a lot more that I want to get through, but we're now two hours and eight minutes. Congratulations. This is the longest Appreciate podcast I've ever oh, recorded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, <I> man, <laughs> yeah, no, this is good, dude. This has been crazy, man. Shout out to anybody who's listened this long. Dude, if anybody listens this long, I'm going to do something for them. Hmm. What should I do? I don't, don't do know. I was heinous. thinking of something that I could do, too. What can we do? What should we do? What's something that would be valuable to somebody who would who would be into this type of conversation? What's your what's your what's your demographic here? What kind of people listen to this? Um, typically, small business owners, a lot of blue collar folk, um, some creatives. What if what if what would they want? I don't even know. I was thinking like maybe like a donation or something like oh, that. Oh, a donation? Okay. Like a charity? I could pick a charity. Careful though. How many people are gonna listen to this, bro? <laughs> you can have a big I don't know. Out, that's bro. why that's why I didn't say it right off well, the bat. I was like, ooh, I wonder how much uh, yeah. How about this? How about this? If I'll buy him a beer tomorrow at the Well, it's not it's gonna not come gonna out, out tomorrow. tomorrow. No. No, it's not going out We're tomorrow. At the rib fest. Yeah, it's not going out tomorrow. We'll figure something out. If you've listened this long and you pulled anything from it, we got something coming your way. Just let us know. Let us know what you think about the conversation. Good. If you agree or disagree, give us the feedback because this is open dialogue. Nobody's set in their ways. Nobody's convinced of anything besides what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Dude, I don't. You are killing it. Like one ten x in a year. This is all coming off of a complete career change, not anticipated. Like you've got. And you started all just running around like a chicken with his head cut off doing the one-man band thing. Yep. And I know how that is. That's not easy. I, you, and you had a wife and a kid and one on the way. I didn't. I don't have any kids. You know what I mean? I got married um, a year and a half ago now. Like, I know that has to be even harder. So, dude, on everything you've done, man, and also... And also the success in your career, all of that, congratulations. But also, bro, thank you for taking the time when I was a kid, probably annoying the hell out of you. You know what I mean? No, Running around. And, and You were a little annoying, but it was like, <laughs> but I saw that in you. I was like, like I was the same kid when I was that age. Yeah. I was annoying too. Ask my brother. <laughs> Honestly, here's the deal though, like, there's a part of that, though, that it's almost because I see it, too, in younger folks or my siblings. I'm just like, but I feel that. You know what I'm saying? And you can relate to it. But thank you for taking the time for it. Thank you for 
believing in me enough to invite me to the open workouts, to the yeah. gyms and all that stuff, the Saturday morning workouts that started with you and two other guys, and all of a sudden now it's everybody, yeah, everybody. doing it. You started something. That's crazy. And 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 just being just being that guy that didn't make me feel like, man, don't meet your heroes. Because mm -hmm. that would have sucked at that age. You know, know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I appreciate you, man. I'm if you have anything else to talk about, I'm good, bro. I'm we're we're here. But now no, I'm just, like you if you also I know. can't even take responsibility for that because the same thing was given to me. So, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. could obviously just pass that along to those who did yeah. the same thing for me. And I hope that, you know, whoever you touch or if anybody's listening to this and, and they do the same thing. Yeah. Like shout out to them. Yeah. 100%. That's what that's what we're here for. Exactly. We got to bring people up. 100 percent. And we can't be afraid to hold the line you can't be mm -hmm. afraid to help people see the truth in their lives to hold themselves accountable we have to hold each other accountable not just as men but as men and women we have to be able to stand on what we believe in and not be afraid of repercussion and we have to be able to look forward and say is is god going to point up here and say this is what you could have been and be able to make the strides to get to that person every single day and i think it starts with the small things it's not complicated it's not rocket science it's about doing the right thing and working hard yeah I think that if there's one other thing to add to that, please, it's just that, please. like, you know, if you're trying to get through to somebody, like, you don't have to do it one way. There's multiple ways. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm equal parts intense, but yeah. also I'm so empathic. Like, yeah. I feel for people. Like, I can connect on such a low, deep, like, emotional level, yeah. but I can also kick people in the ass. Like, <laughs> like, there's more than one way to, like, bring people up and lift them up. So yeah. some people need it one way. Some people need it another. And you have to find what works well for them which means you have to listen first yeah which is huge mm. which is huge yes anything else you want to shout out man kind contractors obviously yep. uh anything else you want to shout out anybody i don't think so i'm good better shout out the wife man the wife the, the wife, kids the kids the family i mean everything with my life as bad as it may sound i wouldn't be the person that i am today without that experience wow wow that is taking your situation and making it what you need to make it. Mm -hmm. You made that what you wanted to make it. That's the intentionality of these time, y'all. Appreciate you, brother. We're gonna have to do this again. Obviously, we're gonna have to have a part two. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out, man. Appreciate you for coming, man. Thanks.